We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where we the rule of law... We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, my own. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of the stone wall that joins this Wilmoth Garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole thing. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. By the truth, those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute, something's happening. A shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against the mirror. But there, there's a jet of flame springing from the mirror that leaps right at the advancing men. Strike them head on. the law of the jungle governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founder. Uh, most people kind of in the back of their mind know there's something going on. Of course, there's always my way. Will you let us know if there's aliens? Because this is the only thing I really want to know. I, I want to know what's going on. Would you ever open up Roswell and let us know what's really going on there? So many people ask me that question. I know yeah. it sounds almost ridiculous, no, but it's actually the real question. It sounds I want like to know. a cute question, but it's actually there are millions and millions of people that want to go there, that want to see it. I won't talk to you about what I know about it, but it's very interesting. But Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. So you're saying you may declassify? No. You'll, you'll, you'll take it? Well, I'll, I, I'll have to think about that one, right? Uh, I'll have well. to think. Oh, it's breaking out! Oh, it's six, it's eight, it's nine! Oh, shit! Oh, shit, look at that! Oh, look! Look at that! They stop! They stop! Look at that shit! Those are aliens! Sorry, I'm trying to record it. Aliens! Oh Aliens! Oh, they cut the lights off. Aliens! And they just cruise. They looking at us! They dividing! They dividing up! We getting invaded! Those are not for look at that shit! They are sitting! Y'all need to be calling damn news! They come down to the oh, they come to Earth! They're coming to Earth! Oh, they're coming faster! Oh shit! Baby, please answer me Oh my god, what is that? I don't know. Jeannie, do you see this thing change? It's changing formation. The elder biological androids, the greys, 
you read Ezekiel, like three burning wheels land. Reportedly, we've got some big giant mission. Abs and a six pack. Abs and a six pack. It's Abs in a Six Pack, episode 74, Blue Beam Part 3, whatever you want to call it. And I am celebrating four days of podcasting sobriety, joined <laughs> by Boo Berry and Lavish. What up, buddy? <laughs> What's <Hello>. up? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, four days without having done a show, or four days without having drank on a show? Both. Oh, oh. Nice. This is a, let's see, we did um, Behind the Schemes Monday night, and then I did another show this morning, and then Saturday. Cranking them out. Yeah, so this is the fourth show. This is the fourth show in like three days. Beautiful. And, and how, how you my doing second lab? show. It's, yeah, it's my second show in three days, I'm not, and I'm not even, this is my, I don't know what I'm doing here, but yeah, this is great. And uh, you, so you decided to give up podcasting and drinking at the same time. Yeah. Well, it's the, the two in combination. Uh, that's like, I think Saturday was the, uh, yeah, Saturday was the second time that's, that's, uh, that things went off the rails as far as liquor on a podcast. I just can't do it. Like, I think I can do it. And then I'm like, oh, well, eight shots of tequila. That won't hurt. We'll, we'll see where this goes. And I just <laughs> yeah. end up sounding like a caveman. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it on the rail sometimes. Sure. You know, the liquor destroyed the second Adam Curry, uh, what's that fucking guy's name? The famous podcaster, uh, what's his name? Joe Rogan. Oh, Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. That, that second interview with Rogan was destroyed because, uh, Rogan was hammered. And then when Rogan was on uh, Sober October and with and Tim Dillon was on, who's 15 years sober, and Alex Jones was on there, Alex was drank like almost a whole bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody else was having a good time. What drives me crazy not, is you're hating me right now no, I love because you. you're not drinking. I feel those. I, 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 I get those vibes. I, I, I feel what it drives me crazy not, is you're hating me right now no, I love because you. you're not drinking. But yeah, no, that's. Uh, that's a mistake I can't make again. I just got, I just, you know, just uh, it's acting a fool. Just not a good look, man. But uh, we're talking about aliens. Look at that. Aliens. We're getting invaded. We're fake aliens. Um, I know boobs. We had a bunch of clips from last show we didn't get to. Yeah, it was uh, it was almost split right down the middle, if you can believe it. Fucking five hours and we made it through half. <laughs> right. And we, t- uh, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard part one and two, which we did all in one sitting, that's worth going back and checking out at some point. Um, but yeah, I, since I knew you still had all those clips left, I kind of, uh, took it easy on the clips instead of overdoing it like I did last time. But, um, I, I'm, I'm, I got a couple I'm going to save for second half of show. If we can, I'll pull a b- behind the schemes, take a page out of your book and probably do a break halfway through. But I got a couple, uh, clips we can get into real quick and then I'll let you, uh, get into what you have. Cause I know you got the, some juicy stuff. Cool. Sounds good. Sweat. Swear it. Well, um, uh, what do we, have you seen, uh, 
the Outer Limits. It was on around the same time as Twilight Zone. Uh, actually, um, I don't think so. Uh, not as much as Twilight Zone, at least I, I suppose. Yeah, it it wasn't. Uh, sometimes it was good, but it wasn't as consistently mind fucky as uh, Twilight Zone was. But this, uh, you might recognize the intro then. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image, make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. Yeah, classic. Yeah, they don't make them like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you know, it's just like it because it starts off and it's like, what's wrong with the TV? It's all staticky, and and they're like, there's nothing wrong. But yeah, so season one, episode three, aired in 1963, and uh, this is how it starts. Gentlemen, Monday's near miss was the fourth such incident since the thermonuclear age began. So long as the nations of this earth are armed against each other. We're bound to have more such accidents. And eventually, soon, one must prove fatal. These nations must unite. We, we must make them unite. And gentlemen, we can make them unite. Now, I don't care what reading of history you take, the pattern is always the same. Whenever a bacteria invasion strikes, or a fire rages, or a Wild beast roams the streets. Then and only then do men stop fighting each other and work together to save themselves. A common enemy, a common fear. You know, I just noticed this listening back now that he brought up a virus. <laughs> I guess that one didn't work to you, not everybody, though. They really they tried, it, though. They put it in your face, <laughs> don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Going way back. So many ideas. Fire rages or a wild beast. Sorry, go you were going to say something lavish. I started the clip oh, Premature, uh, prematurely clipulated. No worries. I was just going to say there's only so many ideas. Virus, aliens, uh, natural disaster, famine, flood. Asteroid. Meteor. I guess that counts. Yeah, me, that counts as a it, natural disaster. Yeah. Other than that, it's like, what are you, gonna, what are you realistically going to go with? Uh, oh, swarms. Godzilla? The swarms. Like the locust swarms. Oh. Yeah. Raining frogs. Oh. <laughs> okay now hold yeah, on now. Biblical that shit. sounds a little fantastical to me there it happened in the bible it's true oh oh yeah moses did that shit you that really god is in control book. here <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah wrapping up this outer limits clip 1963 in strikes or a fire rages or a wild beast roams the streets then and only then do men stop fighting each other and work together to save themselves? 
common enemy, a common fear. That is the only answer. If all the men of the Earth are threatened by an enemy from a hostile planet, well, gentlemen, we are going to create that enemy. Suppose something goes wrong. The leading biologists and medical men of the world will be examining our enemy from outer space. And they will be fooled. Our studies, our surgical procedures, our entire plan is perfected. So I, I have the box set of the original Outer Limits. They later remade it. Um, I think Mark Hamill was in a couple episodes. It's like Twilight Zone where it's a different, totally different uh, plot every episode with different actors and stuff. But right. I had forgotten totally about the um, Blue Beam episode, which the title of the episode is Architects of Fear, which I thought was cool. But uh, yeah, that one that one completely flew right by me, and I forgot about it. And you, you're never going to guess who reminded me of about it about that episode. I, I'm actually pretty curious. Who was it? Uh, Rachel Maddow. Okay, bear with me here. This has an excellent political point, but we have to go through a bad movie and a good book and a really old TV show until we get there. But trust me, the arc is perfect. <laughs> okay, so this is a really long clip, so just stop. Feel free to chime in at any time, and I'll pause it. I... It's a solid, like, three or four minutes. Okay. In 2009, a movie was released that was based on the graphic novel Watchmen. It was a big, action-y, ensemble movie. It was directed by the man who directed the movie 300. Um, I, I don't mean it to be rude, but it was not a very good movie. Do not, however, let that distract you from the fact that the book on which that movie was based, Watchmen, uh, is a really good book. It's considered to be one of the first of the great full-length, complicated, dark graphic novels, one of the first great graphic novels, period. The backdrop of The Watchmen uh, is, is the nuclear threat of the Cold War era. And one of the major plot points of the book that is completely changed in the bad movie is that one of our heroes decides to save the world from nuclear war by convincing everybody that Earth is under attack from aliens. His thinking is that all of the people of Earth are going to have to put aside all the stupid things that we fight about and unite to face down the alien threat. The editor of the graphic novel has talked about having wanted to drop that plot point entirely, the ending for the whole book. The author of Watchmen, the brilliant Alan Moore, in 2005 told Entertainment Weekly that while he was in the middle of writing Watchmen, he found out that that same idea about faking an alien attack had been done, and been done very well, in a 1963 episode of a TV show called The Outer Limits. Hmm. And their idea for making the nations of the world unite is... Fake alien attack. Earthlings need the threat of a fake alien attack in order to get us to do the right thing here Aliens! on Earth. Uh, my favorite thing about this idea, though, that fake aliens, fake aliens can make real humans do the right thing. My favorite thing about this is not just the bad movie in 2009 or the great graphic novel in 1986 or the Outer Limits episode from 1963. My favorite thing about this idea is that Ronald Reagan talked about this all the time. All this, he, he, he raised the idea of a fake alien attack on Earth frequently as president, I think without ever knowing that he was being kind of cartoony in doing it. I couldn't help at one point in my discussions with, privately with General Secretary Gorbachev, when you stop to think that we're all God's children wherever we may live in the world, I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held 
if suddenly there was a threat to this world from some other species from another planet uh, outside in the universe. You know, I find it really interesting uh, that Maddow introduces those Reagan clips that she's playing by saying Reagan talked about a fake alien invasion. Because I, I, as far as I know, he never did. And he definitely doesn't in these clips. He says, like, we'd all come together if there was an alien invasion. He doesn't say anything about a fake alien invasion. Yeah, I, that's super astute. Uh, that's just weird all around. There's just, I guess, hearing Rachel Maddow talk about Bluebeam is the last thing that I was expecting. But here we are, and abs in a six-pack. Holy shit. That's and, great. And Maddow 10 years ago. Yeah. Do we have a clip of the day yet? Uh, clip of the day. <laughs> we got the bell. <laughs> um, yeah, because, I mean, Watchmen's a perfect fucking example. I can't remember if we had discussed that on the uh, the last episode or not. Right, um, and it's not in the movie. It's only in the in the graphic novel. Yeah, it's definitely pretty heady stuff, I, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I thought the movie was pretty faithful to to some degree to the to the original book i thought it was a good movie too she just kind of acts like it was a piece of shit yeah it's like yeah, dunking on watchmen the... yeah but, but I, I, to me i think that movie was made for people who had already read the book and was familiar with the book to me it just seemed like they they it wasn't made with the marvel sort of uh strategy of like uh, an origin story or you warm everybody up to it or whatever it was it was pretty, um, you know what the story is, so we're, here it is, in movie form, you know? Yeah. It's kind of the vibe I got. And instead of really nailing the story, I think they got the visuals down pretty good as far as kind right. of capturing that, uh, what is that, Silver Age that, that Watchmen's based off? Uh, it was a beautifully right. shot movie, like the opening credits scene, I'll never forget. The comedian it's on the, the grassy knoll and shot. all that. Yeah, it matches all the imagery in the book, like, very concisely. They went through a lot of work to do that. They did the work. For sure. Did the work. <laughs> so, yes. But I listened to the first two parts of this thing, whether I wasn't in the first two parts, and I don't think you guys ever did bring up Watchmen, uh, which I thought was interesting because that I, I was thinking of that. That was, for anybody who doesn't know Project Bluebeam, because I don't think we've kind of stated what it is yet, it's it's the idea that they're going to project aliens in the sky and they're going to make earthquakes and they're going to convince you that God or aliens are coming through some sort of fake technological means. That's that's the idea, I believe, mm-hmm. between project. Okay, so that's that's the thesis, right? And there's yeah. also yes. there's and actually also Noah, the, uh, Noah. No, you go. Sorry. Okay, I was going to say Noah brought up uh, Watchmen, interestingly, in the time travel episode he did with Medus and Nick the Rat. So we talked about Watchmen then, but not on the Blue Beam episode, which is weird. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't read a book from 35 years ago plus, at the end of the book, the sort of, I'm going to create world peace by creating mass tragedy that will uh, create a mass union of the people this motherfucker kidnaps all these fucking scientists and writers and all this other crazy shit and forces them to gen, uh, genetically build this alien that they then transport using the powers of uh, Dr. Manhattan into the middle of Times Square. And when it lands, it creates a psionic blast and like it essentially explodes the heads of 
people all throughout Manhattan. It's pretty brutal. And then, uh, yeah, everybody gets like, oh, shit, well, there's aliens, so we got to unite now. We got we to gotta kick some alien yeah. ass. And in the Outer Limits from 63, that was even before Watchmen, they had they those guys in the smoke-filled cigar room saying we need to fake an alien invasion to stop thermonuclear war actually turn end up turning one of the guys genetically into an alien, like a fake alien, and use him as like the <laughs> the evidence that aliens are invading. Like he's like um, warning them of an inv- or a, like a messenger alien that's telling them they're about to be invaded, something to that effect. Pretty weird. I, I do uh, seem to recall that we did spend a good amount of time kind of covering the quote unquote upcoming uh, upcoming upcoming disclosure of UFOs or alien contact of some degree. Oh yeah. And how Tucker's been all over it since he was on CNN. Yeah. And questioning (laughs) if aliens actually exist, if it's more like uh, interdimensional beings and so on and so forth. Um, They're demons. Fucking. They're spawns of Satan. Oh man. I moved all Uh, my, I moved all my buttons. I don't know where anything's at anymore. Damn it. I lost my lizard people. (laughs) Those are aliens coming down here, y'all. Look at that. What happened to my coming? I had the, they coming to Earth. Oh, wait. Lost the coming to Earth clip. That's why they're coming, because no, Biden's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those kind of aliens. (laughs) People are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening. (laughs) We're getting invaded. (laughs) That's not the reason they're coming. Spend money on the come. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus. Said, what drives uh, me crazy. Not- oh, no, wrong clip. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go to break. <laughs> all right. We Excuse me. Finish up this uh, this mad out real quick. All right. We'd forget all Ronald of the Reagan. local differences that we have between our countries, and we would find out once and for all that we really are all human beings here on this earth together. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Imagine all the people in the UN there listening to that, like waiting for it to get translated into whatever language they're listening. And then just, did he really, could you retranslate? Did he say that in your language too? If only we were afraid of alien invasion, then we would do the right thing. Nobel Prize winning economist and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman made a related argument this weekend for economic policy. Krugman arguing that the U.S. government needs to spend some money doing some stuff to employ people in order to stave off a double dip recession, in order to get the economy going, and we have to do it soon. And he said, he argued on CNN this weekend, that if we had to invent a fake invasion of space aliens in order to get the government to do that, in order to motivate us to do some economically stimulative government activity, then fine. Frankly, fake space aliens have been used for worse in the past. I thought that was another interesting thing to say. Because was I living under a rock when fake space aliens were used for nefarious purposes? Like, what? what is she talking about? Uh, I thought it was a hentai reference or something. <laughs> <laughs> we all know aliens have been used for worse things. <laughs> Just everything about this Maddo clip is bizarre. It's just it's so weird, man. She's bizarre. She's a bizarre little woman. Yeah. 
Uh, well, she, I think she's a top or big woman. She's a big woman. Oh, you know, she's big on the outside, but she's, or wait, no, the other way. You know what I'm trying to say. Uh, I th- so Reagan being senile, this is what bums me out, is like he was like Biden senile, right, for his second term. He was just completely, his mind was, was mush. And he was very cohesive and great at communicating. He's the great communicator. Our guy can't even talk. Like, there's no excuse. Reagan just reminded me that, that Biden has no excuse to not be able to talk. <laughs> We've had brain-dead presidents before, for Christ's sake. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's, it is kind of sad. But Reagan, I mean, he did say he didn't remember Iran-Contra. Which, no, this, like, is a, this is a theory that he just, his whole second term, he was just reading. He was reading off a prompter. Say, like, all right there, go out there, Ronald. It was all through his wife. You know. She she really wanted to be first lady, so she like made him like do it. <laughs> the, uh, she was into all the astrology and stuff, and like apparently the Reagan White House was basing decisions on star charts and shit. Yeah, they had an astrologer that really dictated a lot of what they did, but they were, you know, that's just another side of the occulty nature of these people. Reagan was kind of a self-made guy. They both were. They were both self-made people. They weren't, like, born in, in the uh, purple the way the Bushes were. You know? They, Ronald they Reagan, really the actor? And who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> George Sr., Satan himself. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't know oh, if y'all man. have seen that super fucked up conspiracy chart from, like, grounded into reality and detached from reality. Oh yeah, that bolt. Oh, but that's one of the things that's like, yes, this did happen. And it's uh, talking about that testimony where, where the, the daughter of the diplomat was, oh, they're ripping babies from the incubators and smashing them on the ground. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like a relative of some, she was the kid. She was the daughter. And Bush was like, Bush guy, was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're Yeah. They're ripping babies out of those incubators. Bomb them. I need a, uh, so much Bill Hicks material to go through. There's so much about him just ranting on God, George Sr. The babies and incubators thing wouldn't even work today. Like, half the country would be like, eh. <laughs> like, who cares? Sell them for parts. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Um, She's an OG crisis actor, by the way. One of my favorite 90s crisis actors. <laughs> She's been in a couple things. She had quite the career. Good stuff. Uh, I got I got one more. This was a shorter one, but the wrap-up Maddow clip. And like I said, but just let me know if you want to pause it. There's just so much stuff in here. A lot of good ISOs I, can, I need to pull out from these Maddow clips, too. Frankly, fake space aliens have been used for worse in the past. I'm, if, if, we, if we discovered that uh, you know, space aliens were planning to attack and we needed a, a massive buildup to counter the, the space alien threat um, and really inflation and budget deficits took secondary uh, place to that. Um, this slump would be over in 18 months. The fake aliens will save us. President Obama, for his part, is out doing campaign-style bus tour events in the Midwest today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, talking about what everybody wants to talk about, which is the economy. So far, he is making two essential points, neither of them about aliens. He's arguing that Republicans are trying to block any economic progress, and he's arguing that in order to get any economic progress, 
we are going to have to overtly do stuff as a government. Congress right now can start putting folks to work rebuilding America. At a time when interest rates are low, contractors are begging for work, construction workers are lining up to find jobs, let's rebuild America. We could be rebuilding roads and bridges and schools and parks all across America right now. What'd you ding for? I missed it. For a better world. Set on your freedoms. Build back better. Better. (laughs) For the elite. Uh, This is a total (laughs) side tangent one, but Adam had posted a clip reel from MTV and it had commercials in it. One of them was a Michael uh, Michael J. Fox anti-cocaine commercial. And at the end, the tagline had the big lie in it. It said cocaine, the big lie. Just huh. like, holy the shit! Big lie. Yeah, and it's, it it's, should have said the. They should have thrown an "n" in there, so it said the big line. <laughs> the big fat mm. white lie. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, who remember one of those big lies? But <laughs> yeah, it's it's lie it's, a, it's a super narrow. It's like a it's a receding corridor. It's white, and all these black doors are slamming shut as the camera backs out of it. Uh, after after Michael J. Fox walks out of out of the frame, it's pretty trippy. Now is this uh, is this Stuart Little Michael J. Fox or was uh, it eighty eight? You said yeah, it was it was early on. It was I think the video is eighty nine, eighty nine maybe. Um, but yeah, that, cool. That, if there was a commercial of Stuart Little saying <laughs> cocaine is bad. <laughs> Get him young. Hey this kids, is crack. It's me, Stuart Little. <laughs> Don't do coke. <laughs> Uh, do your doctor prescribe Vyvanse and Adderall instead? Yeah, do do amphetamines. They're still kind of legal. Should they uh, won't be for long. They're up, mandatory yeah. for some kids in elementary school. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Y'all should hit up Nick Ooh. the Rat. See if he's seen that little punk Stewart running around the sewers. <laughs> oh, we'll bitch! Leave a voicemail about that. <laughs> he took a swim in the sewer, <laughs> little Stewart. How many of those did they make? Like seven? No, I think it was just three. <laughs> okay, three, seven. All right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get this Maddow clip out of the way so I can move on to your uh, stuff. Could put hundreds of thousands of folks to work right now. There's a bill sitting in Congress right now that would set up an infrastructure bank to get that moving, attracting private sector dollars, not just public dollars. Congress needs to move. It's not men from Mars, but does it take men from Mars? Or is the actual economic crisis that we are in motivation enough for some of the stuff to actually get done? Joining us once again is Ed Rendell, our second former governor of the show tonight and our second former Democratic National Committee chairman, who's also an MSNBC contributor. Uh, it's good to see you, Governor. Thanks for being here. On the payroll. I, I'm absolutely stunned listening to that, Rachel. <laughs> absolutely. My, my mind is, is, is boggled. You are uh, being very, very diplomatic. You remind me of somebody <laughs> confronted with a hideous child who says, Madam, that's quite a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, they go on to laugh for several more seconds, but I cut it out. I don't know, man. I, um, there, there's, several, there's several bits in there that are just bizarre, but mainly the main thing is her assumption that, one, Ronald Reagan said fake alien invasion even though he never said anything about it being fake and then two 
this idea that fake aliens have been used for worse in the past. Like the hentai theory is probably the most likely lavish, but I just didn't. I just I don't understand. That. I don't is there any it. chance that the that she might have meant like a theoretical attack as opposed to a fake? When when we say fake, not as in like the aliens are fake, but the situation is fake. That it's a theoretical alien attack. She might she might have meant something like that. I yeah. don't know, but. The idea definitely has come up again and again. It, you, you showed since the early 60s this has been a, a popular culture idea to use aliens uh, to unite the world in some sort of fake tragedy. Yeah, and then uh, for my last clip until second half of show, just to, uh, it's always good to see what the elites are wanting you to do, like, you know, Bill Gates or whatever, he'll talk over there. But yeah, TEDx. So this is actually, I think, from two months ago. It's called Prepping for the Alien Invasion. I just clipped like the first 45 seconds of it because this tells you all you need to know right away. I hope no one bought a ticket or clicked on a YouTube link thinking I would be talking literally about hostile extraterrestrials. The idea of prepping for the alien invasion is a fun way into thinking about all those challenges that we see on the horizon, challenges that are complex, Challenges that present us with a great deal of uncertainty, even though we know that they're coming. Challenges like climate change, rapid technological change, food security, public health. And I'll be speaking even more specifically about the importance of education in the humanities, arts and social sciences in preparing for these kinds of challenges. Now, some of you are probably thinking this doesn't sound very TED. Yes, that was the it's TED talks are typically pretty boring other than Sam Hyde's classic TED talk where he scammed his way into getting up there. But uh, in Nardwar. man, that whole that TED talk was one of the most boring ones I've ever heard. I was going to same thing. I love the Nardwar one. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I fucking love Nardwar. I don't know if that I've was seen that TED one. Talk. You know Nardwar is? I don't, yeah, I don't but know I didn't see his TED talk. No worries. Yeah, I think maybe I'm confused with somebody else. You know what? I take that back too because Reggie Watts did a great TED talk. Oh, nice. Reggie all, Watts did a good one. Yeah, yeah, they're not all bad. But yeah, <laughs> but this guy's um, pitching it. He's, this is a, like a dark pitch. This isn't your typical TED talk. He goes on to make jokes and nobody laughs, and he gets kind of nervous by the or not nervous, but just kind of sad by the end. It was, it was really anyway. So that's um, that's my uh, blue beam backgrounder slash update. Um, for for the start here, and after our break, I'll I'll go a little bit uh, wonkier with it. But well, you got boobs. All right. Uh, after kind of reviewing the clips that I had loaded up from last time, I think the focus of this third part of the show is going to be based in more of a uh, entertainment sort of factor. Um, I think starting off uh, where we left off was about the uh the men in black uh, at least that was what i had loaded up in the uh, in the queue next um, and i know you wanted to hear about that one so we'll uh we'll listen through to this men in black one and then i think talk about war of the worlds so that's what i got coming up my name is Joseph Spencer. From May 1970 to October 1997, I served the United States government as a top secret operative, but not in a category that is commonly known or understood. I was known as a man in black. 
Following seven years acting as a counterintelligence agent for the CIA, I was recruited for a new assignment that entailed working within above top secret operations. I was aware of the black budget projects, but never knew the context of them due to their high level of secrecy. Even the president was denied access to their inner workings. Annually, billions of dollars are poured into black projects, which operate without any supervision or intrusion. They have full autonomy. The operations deal primarily with advancing military technologies, most of which have been reverse engineered from recovered alien spacecrafts that had either crashed or were shot down by our military. The public, sadly, will never, ever have knowledge of these operations. This transition in my life happened in 1970. The senior black project director was William T. Latham, who had worked under CIA Executive Director Richard Schlesinger. Latham stated that I was a perfect candidate for my new position. I was a foster child, and I had no connections to existing relatives. I had no friends or social life. It was easy for them to erase my past and provide me with a new identity. I gave myself to them as a priest would to his God. But first, my mind had to be erased. I was injected with various forms of mind-altering drugs, LSD, heroin, mescaline, morphine, sodium pentothal, and more. Drug-induced hypnosis followed with anti-grade and retrograde amnesia. The goal was to program me to do two things, kill and forget. After nine months of programming, I had become a man in black. What I later discovered was that not all the men in black were human. About a third were alien hybrids. Their distinctive feature was the absence of whites in their eyes, giving the impression of empty eye sockets. This unsettled me, and it took months to adjust to the reality of alien integration. My assignments largely dealt with UFO sightings and crash sites. In August of 1971, I witnessed my first UFO crash site just north of Edwards Air Force Base in California. Inside the craft were three grade humanoids, two dead, one still alive. Also in the craft was a human female abductee. The alien humanoids were transported to the base, but two witnesses had arrived before us and took several photographs. The first surrendered his camera, but the second fled. When we apprehended him, he resisted, and I was ordered to silence him, which I did. The killing of witnesses was executed with a wand that acted very much like today's taser, but the voltage from the wand would cause immediate cardiac arrest, and the victim's death would be attributed to natural causes. We silenced countless victims, not only men, but women of all ages and even teenagers. Sorry, that one sounds fucking weird. I was cutting out pauses way back in the beginning and forgot this was one of those ones that was fucked up. No, that was that's wild though. Yeah, you think um, there's a lot in there. <laughs> but uh, my first question was, do you think when they like MK Ultra them and like the alien human hybrids, like do you think that like they programmed him to have that lisp or was he born with it? Well, just I guess it depends. Like, if just he is actually an MK, look, well, seriously, let's think about it for a second. If he is seriously uh, who he says he is and some sort of MK Ultra subject, I mean, that's that's just that personality. I mean, he's talking about fucking some some crazy ass shit. But oh, so I he think, could have been like a Frenchman that didn't even speak English originally, and they just took him and programmed English and the lisp into him. <laughs> Don't possible. forget don't forget the Russian one too. Uh, you don't even need theoretically uh you don't need MK Ultra for that cuz aren't there people that like hit their head and all of a sudden they speak Chinese? <laughs> I know people that have spent their entire lives mastering a language so they they could take a fall in a department store and then wake up from their supposed concussion and then just speak fluently in this brand new language, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Introduce me to one of them. That sounds like a cool guy. 
but yeah, no, that whole that whole clip. That's because uh, when you brought up Men in Black, I'm immediately thinking, okay, it's going to be Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones talking about aliens. But it was, um, is that like a tip? Is what does Men in Black mean in in that context? Is that what he, is that what he's talking about? It's like he was. I mean, he, he it was sounds like military, it sounds like fucking special forces for the CIA. You know. Right, like brain uh, chips, all that. And, and the one, like the reason I, the reason I rung the bell is because the foster care system that that just, out of everything, mm. that's probably the one thing that I'm most inclined to believe. Um, I've lost the link. I'll have to dig it up. This comes from a fucking uh, Instagram video that I found and downloaded. It's the full thing. Uh, that's why I've kind of cut it up, just because it it was it was like 15 minutes long originally. So. I definitely want to get to part two here. All right, move, move, we're going to move on. 1954, Dwight Eisenhower signed what's known as the Granada Treaty with the alien gray race. In exchange for shared alien technologies, the grays were allowed to abduct a number of humans annually for medical examination. The grays also demanded anonymity from the public. A short time later, human technology took a giant leap forward with circuit chips, fiber optics, and lasers. The Granada Treaty is still active today. The number of human abductions has increased despite objections from the world governments. Now, the really interesting part. Every year, at least 8 million children go missing in the world. I can attest that one-third of them are abducted by government operatives and transported to any one of the 1,477 underground military installations on the planet, then imprisoned for the remainder of their lives. The children are subjected to biological and genetic experiments, dissections, and mutilations performed not by human scientists, but an alien gray species. During my stay at the Vanguard Underground Base north of Phoenix, Arizona, I witnessed many of these procedures. Because there was no form of anesthesia administered to the young patients, the halls reverberated with the screams of tortured children from morning to night. The ones that perished were incinerated in the installation's crematorium. Holy shit, the sound effects. Yeah, it, it, it definitely... It's got a little bit of production value, which makes you kind of wonder. I mean, they're they're definitely adding the sound effects in there for a very specific reason. Just to get mm. real for a second, that's probably out of out of everything, the the one straight out conspiracy that probably freaks me out the most is the the idea that this underground human trafficking is happening actually underground, and there's hundreds of thousands of people just lost to the tunnels years mm-hmm. and years and years of just all these bodies piling up, creating an actual onward subterranean hell, uh, hell. Yeah. And genetically combining humans with animals in underground, like Khmer labs and probably and having people... different races of, of humanoid that exist that must live underground that are forced to live underground. With the yeah, translucent have, skin, like the the, the, like the, <laughs> the story of uh, Alex Jones, he's like, I, I never told this story on air because it's so fantastical. But a military general told me in underground bases they have humans crossed with fish that you see them in the in the water tank chambers just gulping, trying to get out. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it's no, like up. Montauk was a thing we I don't, we talked about it recently on a podcast, and we need to get back into it because I didn't finish getting through my clips story of my life um montauk is like the same thing they was like mk ultra on steroids where they were just you know montauk on long island you mean that the tip of long island 
Yeah, and if you've ever seen Fringe, how they were taking all these kids uh, and just doing crazy experiments on them. But yeah, going back to the underground, just just real quick, just about Men in Black. I just want to say, is your only reference to Men in Black the Tommy Lee Jones Will Smith movie? Because that's an old term that goes way back to uh, post war, post World War Two. It just means like any shady government official. Yeah, yeah. But dark ops shit, like. Not CAA, nothing. No mark, just black trucks. They show up, they take shit, they disappear. Oh, okay, that's, yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, there was, uh, there was one that's been prominently featured with the JFK assassination, I thought. The Umbrella Man, is that him? He was a dude in black. Yeah, he had a black suit. All black. and that, Yeah, man, that's what George H.W. Bush looked like on the day. You mm-hmm. see him sitting outside the, uh, the library. The depository, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, uh, Boobery, like with the, 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 the possibility is there that like all these, you know, people that go missing in her underground bases, um, not only like live the rest of their lives there, there's possible like humans that are born already under there. And like, who knows, like it could be like a couple generations of humans that have only lived in underground bases. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's wild. kind of what, that's kind of what I was implying. That is okay, very yeah. Satan-y. <laughs> Who was that? That is very Satan-y. It sounds like Noah. Is that Noah? <laughs> Who is that? It's a Satan shoe guy. I'll uh, I'll send it to you after this. God, that sounded just like Noah for some reason. It's the mischief <laughs> guy. Yeah, the the shoe reviewer. Um, <laughs> where we're going, we don't need shoes. <laughs> I did think that the I, I meant to say that the the heart attack wand was pretty interesting. I've heard of the heart attack guns, which they had the patents and the wasn't it during the MK Ultra trial? I I might be mistaken. It was something else. Yeah, and they had the cancer ones too. Um, they got like Bob Marley and Bill Hicks with those probably. Yeah, in the toe. Holy shit. Um. Yeah, I don't know, because, like, it's, it was, if I remember reading it right, this has been forever, so I'm probably not getting the details quite right, but it's something like a tiny piece of ice that, like, once you get hit with it, you barely feel it, and it dissolves, like a dart, it dissolves in your skin, so there's no trace, and it just, you get hit with a cancer virus. But that's, like, CIA shit that may or may not be real. I don't even, I don't even know if I read that on, like, But it totally <laughs> could be real. Forum. It's- it's not that fantastical an idea. Not at all. Like you know that if some, if you and I, if you could come up with it or hear about someone who came up with it, they definitely got it. It's it's somewhere. Yep. It's perfect. The perfect assassin wand. Uh, part three here is short, forty-two and a half seconds. My point of contact at this base was Lieutenant Colonel Charles T. Leninger, and he was a human alien hybrid. Get ready for this. In 1994, the World Population Summit in Cairo, Egypt, had 160 nations participate, where they all agreed that the human population was out of control and must be stopped. 
because the world is running out of resources. An agreement was formed that would mandate the reduction of humans from 6 billion to 800 million by the year 2030. This meant finding a method or methods to wipe out nearly 95% of the population. Solutions were discovered, investigated, tested, then created, and have been in full force since. The procedures have been inflicted onto the human race are as follows. And I'm assuming we'll get into what follows here in the next one. Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory, right? Yeah, everything, no matter what kind of theory it is, it's always, it always circles back to just there's too many people, we need to get rid of them. That's like your number one goal of these elite fucks. Yeah, mm. instead of circling over target, how about we're circling the drain? Can we can we uh, make that a tag? Uh, oh, I, I need a that. toilet flush sound. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, find one of those. Oh, where, oh, where. Uh, let's uh, let's where? go ahead and do some number four and five. We'll finish this up. One, toxic levels of chemically enhanced fluoride have been secretly added to our drinking water over the last 20 years in every city and community on the planet. I personally oversaw the delivery of fluoride barrels to Denver, Chicago, Tampa, and Minneapolis water departments. The adverse effects of fluoride poisoning to the human body are numerous and debilitating. The effects to children is damage to their neurological development, among other serious ailments. Two, man-made viruses and diseases. <laughs> the AIDS virus, which was a designer byproduct of the American Disease Institute, was distributed through vaccines to the public in 1980. Instituted as a preliminary population control tactic, the results were successful and led to more lab-produced viruses that have since been unleashed onto the public. Among those is the development of a mutated version of the common flu to replicate the 1918 influenza pandemic that killed 40 million people. The first strain of this new flu virus will be released to the public in late 2017. So if we see a flu outbreak in the late 2017 or early 2018 that's killing people, we'll know this is true. Three, killing us from the air with neurotoxins, barium chloride, cancer microbes, and viruses by way of chemtrails. Released into the skies daily over all inhabited regions by military aircrafts. The effects of these toxins are severe and over time lethal, causing respiratory ailments, cancer, damage to the immune systems, and sterilization in men. Since the chemtrail plan was implemented, sperm count in men has dropped nearly 50%. If this isn't reversed soon, the human race will face early extinction. I mean, I don't want to assume that this guy's... It was such a lame toilet crush. I like it. I was waiting. YouTube failed me on that one. Toilet flush. I think that yeah. really works, actually. <laughs> um, you know, we're gonna shoot you up with something that kills you deader than a hammer. How's a thirty-year death from gut disease sound? African children roll up the sleeve. <laughs> And even if this guy isn't full of shit, I mean, this is the best fucking best of collection of what most of the shows in the No Agenda stream have been playing clips of. It certainly feels like... I'm all like in it. on everything this guy's saying. Other than maybe... <laughs> other than the alien-human hybrids, which I'm not saying I'm not all in on that, but I'm, the rest of it I'm all in on. Right. Yeah, I mean, the rest of it's pretty clean cut. Yeah, it's 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 certainly the best of collection. Um, and this is my last one for him. Now the grand finale. This is some scary shit. In March 1997, <laughs> an event known as... And like... <laughs> oh. This is some scary shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. 
as the Phoenix Lights became the most infamous UFO sighting in history. A mile-wide vessel, clearly not man-made, flew slowly and silently over the state of Arizona and was witnessed by 10,000 people, including the governor of Arizona. To date, there has been no reasonable explanation. But for every witness interviewed, the craft was as real as anything they'd ever seen. Their lives were transformed. They now believe that we truly are not alone. However, there is another truth, for I know what they really saw. 1986, while stationed at an underground installation near Boulder, Colorado, I was introduced to Project Skybeam by Lieutenant General Andrew Garris. I was then led down a corridor and into a large hangar, where a stealth bomber hovered only 20 feet above me. I stood there confused, then Garris looked over me and smiled, then asked if I was certain of what I was seeing. I replied, of course. What else could it be? I was then shocked to find out that this wasn't a real craft. It was a projected hologram. Since the early 1950s, scientists have been developing holographic technology and over the years improved it to a state that we can only imagine. As I stood there staring at the bomber, which looked so absolutely real and solid that I could reach up and touch it, I contemplated the possibilities. What if this projection was a thousand feet up in the sky? How would anyone know that that was an illusion? The Phoenix Lights craft, witnessed by 10,000 people, was the first grand-scale skybeam test upon the public. It succeeded beyond expectations. In October 1938, Orson Welles unleashed his War of the Worlds radio broadcast to the American public. It was so realistically portrayed, vast portions of the population went into panic. Terrified citizens scrambled to evacuate their cities in droves. America had been easily tricked by very simple means. To amplify this response, those who are truly in power, not only our country, but all the countries on the planet, and who are the true purveyors of the depopulation process, have formulated the final stage of their sinister plan. In the year 2024, a global event will alter the course of mankind's future. The world will stand witness to a massive alien invasion. Thousands of projected holographic alien warships will blanket the skies, sending people into a global panic. Real military crafts within the holograms will inflict actual damage to the surrounding areas to sell the gimmick. And as a result of the ensuing human chaos, a one-world government will immediately form without any resistance from the people. They will be the new world order. It almost sounds poetic the way he kind of lays it out. It's got a nice cadence. I like this to guy. It. Yeah. And also, I think I was wrong about him having a lisp. I think it's just that he's like from the Boston or like Maine area. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, this thing's been compressed fucking three times over by the time it hit Instagram. <laughs> I think, so. Well, also, I just think people from that East Coast, Upper East Coast, just all sound like that. I want to say this is uh, early to mid 2000s. So like Brooklyn. Is this a sewer Brooklyn fellow? He's a Brooklyn rat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he pretty much lays out exactly what the plan is with Project Bluebeam. There's things that I kind of take issue with at the beginning, kind of like what you were saying on uh, as far as whether or not he was actually working with alien-human hybrids. It's possible, but I'm more of the mindset that it's not it's not so much physical aliens as it is interdimensional or spiritual aliens, things that ride in to our realm on like a elevator from lower levels mm-hmm. to upper levels down. Yeah. I'm definitely with you there. Uh, so seen some shit, man. No, but I, um, also the, uh, if he was, you know, MK ultra or, or something to that effect, they could have just implanted false memories of alien 
human hybrids. For sure. And then it, the question becomes, well, how, how many of those statements did he make were of his own volition and how many were scripted for him? And if <laughs> yeah. the, and it's like, why would you choose that as the script unless you're just trying to plant the idea about this fucking depopulation event, about these fucking planes flying into the fucking towers like you did with those on your Super Tramp albums, on your fucking video game boxes, in your goddamn Simpsons cartoons? Yeah. I gotta I gotta find where this came from. because um, I'm fairly certain it came out of some documentary uh movie type deal. Man, there's so many good documentaries that you just can't find online anymore. Yeah. But um it, maybe actually I saw a YouTube comment on um I think it was the Rachel Maddow thing. And it like the top comment said they're pushing these, this idea of a fake alien invasion so much that they must know there's going to be a real alien invasion and they want us all to believe it's fake. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I can, I can add to that because my mindset was always, well, if there was actually like a super, oh shit, we're fucked pandemic, I don't think that they would tell us about it. Exactly. I think Same they with would, the asteroid. Yeah. I think they'd be like, nope, nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Move along. Uh, my next clip is called Bitches Love Chips. And I don't remember what this one is. So I at least want I think to play that's the Ike one. Is I it remember Ike? that title. Oh, okay. We'll skip it then. Go ahead and play it. Let's see. All right. Well, I'll start it at least. In the 1960s, Professor Jose Delgado took a normally hostile bull and implanted electrodes into its brain. Electrodes that could be activated by a radio transmitter. His objective yeah. was to see if stimulation of the bull's midbrain could short-circuit the rage signals, stopping the bull before it reached the matador. After the bull had recovered from the implantation and in mid-charge, the button was pressed. The bull's aggression ceased and the bull's aggression ceased. All right. Um, bull after bull. <laughs> so... We'll skip the uh, hologram moon for now. I just want to get into some War of the Worlds. I do have uh, one of the juicy parts from that. Um, <clears throat> it's good. Oh, yeah. By the way, I, I we went right into the show without me complimenting that intro you did, which was fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, it's a good one. Especially since yeah, it just... It's, great intros, both of them. It, it sat in the fucking to-do pile forever until today. Um. But I do, I do want to hear that part over again because that was a discussion we had with uh, with Pat on uh, wh- whatever episode it was that he guested with us on. Um, but he told us the story of how the War of the Worlds broadcasts and all the hysteria that it caused was bullshit. It didn't actually cause that many people to freak out. And what you were looking at was the news media was kind of blowing it up, creating the idea that there was this mass panic over this radio broadcast that made people believe that there was aliens invading. So not only are they going to broadcast these aliens in the sky, but the news media, like all other things, will be hand-in-hand telling you with these fucking blue screen, blue wave, blue chip, bullshit boxes will be programming you to to we, we respond just like you would with everything else that's ever happened 
Aliens! So here's here's a part from War of the Worlds. We are bringing you an eyewitness account of what's happening on the Wilmoth Farm, Grover's Mill, New Jersey. We now return you to Carl Phillips at Grover's Mill. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here I am, back of a stone wall that adjoins Mr. Wilma's garden. From here, I get a sweep of the whole scene. I'll give you every detail as long as I can talk and as long as I can see. The more state police have arrived. They're drawing up a cordon in front of the pit. About 30 of them. No need to push the crowd back now. They're willing to keep their distance. The captain's conferring with someone. Can't quite see who. I oh, ask. Yes, I believe it's Professor Pearson. Yes, it is. Now, now they've parted, and the professor moves around one side, studying the object while the captain and two policemen advance with something in their hands. I can see it now. It's a white handkerchief tied to a pole. Flag of truce. Those creatures know what that means, what anything means. Wait a minute. Something's happening. Humped shape is rising out of the pit. I can make out a small beam of light against a mirror. What's that? There's a jet of flame springing from the mirror and it leaps right at the advancing men. It strikes them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. Ah! Now the whole field's caught up by the woods of fires. There's gas heading everywhere. Coming this way now, about 20 yards to my right. One of these nights, I'm going to uh, probably play the record that I got for the... I found vinyl for this War of the Worlds broadcast, so... Anyone wants to hang out and check out the Sweet. whole thing, I'll uh, I'll be <laughs> passing that info out. This alien invasion brought to you by the bicycle. We used to have unicycles, but now we have two wheels. The bicycle. <laughs> I'm gonna call back. Greatest here, so. advancement in wheel technology since the unicycle. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> um, I would fucking crush that vinyl. That's that's a sick thing to have. I found it at Goodwill. Goodwill. Oh, classic. Goodwill's got all the good stuff. That and Frankenstein. Oh, and, okay, let's back up for a second to that last Men in Black clip. The There was two cities mentioned, mentioned Boulder, which is Spooksburg, according to No Agenda. And then there's Phoenix, which, if you think about what a Phoenix is, I mean, that's fucking kind of in-your-face re- rebirtherism. Rebirtherism? Rebirtherism, Yeah. Quiet sun worship, yeah. Um, so the argument that I'm that I want to make is all of these, if you look at this narrative through the lens of blue beam, it always ends up in this place where the aliens are not actually there. The whole combining of all of the planets deities into one super god it's still not there it's all this projection work right it's the the idea i should have asked um i should ask you to pull some clips uh talking about comparing aliens to demons oh uh i 
I probably can't find any on the fly, but at some point I had a bunch of Alex Jones. So. Well, the the reason I think that's important um, important is there's a technique in theater called Pepper's Ghost. Are you all familiar with this? Pepper's Ghost? Yeah. Can't say off the top of my head. Well, no, I mean either. It's a uh, it's it's pretty old. It goes back to I want to say the nineteen. Er, sorry, uh, late eighteen hundreds. I'll find a date. Here's the first clip. Pepper's Ghost was a Victorian theatrical illusion. The audience saw a ghost suddenly appear on stage uh, with a strange transparent quality, which instantly disappeared soon afterwards. The first time the ghost was shown was on Christmas Eve, 1862, uh, as part of a performance of a story by Charles Dickens called The Haunted Man and the Ghost's Bargain. And it caused a complete sensation. It was all over the newspapers and the public flocked to see it. And this included Queen Victoria's eldest son, Prince Albert. But the thing to remember is that Pepper was quite different from a magician in that he told his audience exactly how it was done. The essential principle of the Pepper's Ghost illusion was a reflection in a sheet of glass. So originally, a huge sheet of glass projected from the front of the stage at an angle towards the audience. And when a bright spotlight was shone on that actor, his reflection would appear in the sheet of glass. And then to make the ghost vanish, you simply switch off the spotlight and he vanishes in an instant. So the version of Pepper's Ghost we have in the Buckingham Palace Summer Opening Exhibition essentially follows the original, but the difference is rather than having a live actor being reflected in the sheet of glass, the actors are recorded on video and then projected onto a screen and it's the screen that's reflected in the glass to create the illusion. So it's using the very best in Victorian technology, but given a 21st century twist. So yeah, that's Pepper's Ghost. Giant sheet of glass, you got it on an angle, you shine a bright light at a, at a subject, and it reflects off of the, off of the glass. Uh, it's actually... Yeah, have, sorry, what? I was going to say, I have some similar clips about this that I can skip now. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the, I, I didn't realize that's what it was called, Pepper's, Pepper's Ghost. Um, that's pretty... And and the thing that, I mean, what is a ghost? Is it this spiritual residue? Is it a, the the past spirit of of someone that's no longer with us? Uh, are they demonic? Are they aliens? I mean, that that's kind of where my head ends up in all of this. But the one thing that really just weirds me out the most about all of this is the idea of ghosts and resurrections because there's a new there's a new form of entertainment that's uh that that is out it's it's already happening and well i'll just let the clips do it don't often think about digital humans and if we're doing our job right you don't necessarily notice their existence uh, movies like um, curious case of benjamin button we were very proud to have the elder brad pitt not recognized as a digital character for uh, many many months after the film and but over time with breakout performances like tupac at coachella or michael jackson at the billboard music awards um, you know, the digital human has really arrived in a much stronger way and created new forms of entertainment that, uh, frankly, we didn't even anticipate. 
My name is Jack Leroy Wilson Jr. You know me as Jackie Wilson. I never liked Jack. Do I look like a girl to you? You're about to see something amazing. What we do is, uh, it's a patented technique. It's the same technology that did Tupac at Coachella, right? Uh, it's a 200-year-old uh, technique using 21st century uh, technologies. It's really not 3D. It's a two-dimensional image that's projected in a specific way using angled reflective material that is invisible and high-powered projectors or high-powered LEDs that is projecting video uh, with black backgrounds that gives the illusion that you're looking at a live person standing on a stage in a three-dimensional space. Straight up resurrection magic, bro. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think I found the video or the, uh, one of the things you might have been asking about. Let's, uh, I'll, uh, I'll save it for after I get through these next couple of ones. Um, because there's a, there's one that really stuck out to me, stuck out, <laughs> stood out to me. It's the Whitney Houston hologram. The dancing in the aisles, the arms in the air. It could be any old concert. But look a little closer. Is that really a diva which I see before me? These are Whitney Houston fans singing along with someone, something, completely new. Whitney Houston died at just 48 in 2012, a career cut short after years of addiction and health problems, shocking many who hoped that one day this powerful voice of pop would be back on stage in all her glory. Now, in a quirk of innovation, many have a chance to celebrate her once more. Introducing Whitney Houston, the hologram. This hologram is not just performing here in Sheffield, it's being taken to 11 other cities in the UK and is touring Europe. The image itself is not created from archive of Houston. A choreographer worked with a body double to mirror her movements. We wanted to make sure that we not only hired someone to capture the essence of Whitney, we made sure that the song set list actually laid out so that people can enjoy the best hits from her. This tour has the support of the late singer's family. Her sister-in-law, the CEO of the Whitney Houston estate, says now is just the right time. That shit freaks me out. And it's the that whole idea of capture. I don't know what sort of technical magic that is. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. It's I think just... they have some they mock someone up with it, right? They put someone in one of those those Marvel suits. Yeah, with the dots. And they, they dance around. And then they fucking put her face on that body. The whole thing is weird. Oh, uh, I need that. I need that uh, face off. You mean you want to take his face and put it? <laughs> I want his face. Off. We're gonna kidnap the. <laughs> we're gonna kidnap the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> I can get a peach for hours. There's a. You know, there's another uh, alphabetical thing that this all reminds me of too. Um, and this is getting into. Uh, Kind of where I was going with the my clips later, so this ties in really well. But um, you remember Kanye, and I would have divorced Kanye too if he did this for me for Kim's birthday. He got uh, 
hologram made uh, of her dead father so she could talk to him. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. I did not know yeah. that. Our boy Rob Kardashian. Wow. Yeah. Fucking weird. Dude. Uh, Kanye. <laughs> You dumb fucking son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> you just broke buddy. <laughs> You're done. You get a job here. Uh, uh, fuck. No okay, deal. Uh, let me, I, I hope this is the right thing real quick. Um, tying, the, tying in if you're ready for the uh, demon talk. No, 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 no. no. Aliens well, or demons. Let, let's hold on to that for a second. Let's hold on to that for a second. Okay. I want to I build my case just so uh, you can burst that bubble so hard. But this is part two of Pepper Graham. We're about the content. Uh, we're agnostic as to the display technology. If we're building a digital human, hyper-realistic character like the Curious Case of Benjamin Button or, or Michael Jackson or uh, projects that we've been talking about, like the um, ABBA, for example, um, whether those characters end up in film, in music videos, in print, imagine you now have unlimited new inventory of imagery of uh, Marilyn Monroe. Uh, the world is really used to seeing the same 30 photographs of her. Well, now you can see uh, many, many more. I mean, well, I guess I could have rung the bell there, too, because that's deep fake territory. But building yeah. a digital human? I mean, come on. I think we know where this one's going. We all know immediately where it goes. Where does technology immediately go every time? Where did, where did the internet shit. go? You gotta, you know, the basic stuff, basic needs, people. Yeah, I have want you, a fake Marilyn Monroe to run around my house and shit. Have you have you seen Sassy Justice? Would you call Sassy me? Justice? Yeah, Sassy, yeah, with Fred Sassy. With Fred Sassy, <laughs> Channel Five News. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. or whatever the, the shit deep is. Fake, yeah. Like I'm gonna have to put that in the show notes. Um, the deep fake thing. It's like, what is a deep fake? And then he's got like Trump's <laughs> face on him the entire time. It looks super real, and like Mark Zuckerberg's in there with a deep fake. But then when they show the actual deep fake, it's just like. Trey Parker holding a shitty puppet of Tom Cruise going, hey, vagina poop. (laughs) Wait, but I thought you said this was a deep fake. That's just Tom Cruise. And they're like, no, it looks real. But it's it's like the deep fake (laughs) shit is going to be like, I don't know, man. Like that video, as goofy as it was, like it's like that Tom Cruise one that was going around too. It looks way too real. It's, it's fantastic. By the way, it's made by Matt and Trey, the, the South Park guys. Yeah, you can probably find it on YouTube. It's probably like less than four minutes, and it's a cable access news like spoof yeah. thing, nice. and it's awesome. It's really well made. <laughs> it's good. Pajana poop. Yeah, my guy, pajana poop. Those guys' <laughs> voice. I've been listening to that guy's dumb voice for like thirty years, and he still cracks me up. Fucking it's blows me too away. Good. Yeah. Or not thirty years, but like twenty years. Not that. Not that long. Just twenty years. I still have okay, boobs. So how do uh how do Deep fakes and holograms tie into demons. I'm excited. Well, first off, they're fucking resurrecting spirits. I mean that that is sort of demonic, I guess. Maybe demonic is a strong word. Um, you'll have to. Well, in the Bible, didn't that happen? Didn't like somebody, a king, pay a witch to resurrect somebody from the dead, and then they were like, "Why did you bring me here?" Or whatever. Mm. Don't be part of Pharmakia because it gets you with the evil spirits. Don't well, do it. I thought I thought Lazarus was it was done out of goodwill, like it, it was well, that's more when of Jesus a does it. It's okay. 
<laughs> oh, so when Jesus does it. Oh, he's cool. He gets to come back. He's cool. <laughs> My man. <laughs> uh, You're a king, whatever thing. Yeah, you deserve to die. All right. This is, uh, this is part three of Pepper Graham. All the content that we create, whether it's taking old footage and wrapping it in a Matrix-like image or video presentation, or in fact, life-size or larger-than-life-size images of living people, animals, 3D models, they're all created larger in a way so that it can fit the, uh, the Pepper's Ghost illusion. We really use a whole myriad of, uh, of technologies, and then when we take the technology and we start uh, streaming it, uh, we then use uh, advanced 360 and VR technologies. So what we're offering is, is that we're offering um, a live experience. I, I think we can, we can get excited about the holographic technology, but we have to make sure that we don't put the tech in front of the content. Um, some of the best projects we've ever worked on in the visual effects space, if we're doing our job right, people aren't thinking about the tech as they're enjoying the content. I think the entertainers that we picked are all the leaders within their respective <laughs> areas. and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's also the partnerships that we've built with, with their rights holders. Um, and then taking that and seeing what we can do as a partnership collectively together, not just, you know, one-sided. It's just fucked up that when you die, the record company still owns your likeness. Like, even in yeah. death, they can just bring back you. <laughs> Imagine if you're a big artist and you die unexpectedly. Like, say some big artist died tomorrow. The the hologram people scramble for the rights to your ghost. We get to that point, like 20 years, 30 years, once there's a whole industry built around this. They, they're like vultures. Oh, my God. And I, I don't think the entertainment industry could get any more fucked up. And and I unfortunately, I don't have any clips because uh, it was hard to find anything uh, that good on it. But Zappa has had a couple of these come out. There's like two different versions of a of a Frank Zappa hologram tour, which does it just doesn't sound. I mean, one of them is supposed to look more like a multimedia sort of experience where they've got all sorts of screens and projections, and he'll kind of fade in and out, uh, so it looks very ethereal. Does it have Dweezil's uh, say so? Dweezil's okay. I think I think it's the other side of the family. That was pushing it. Uh. Um, and it's been forever since I've looked at all this stuff and I've lost one of my folders of my links. So I, I feel like I'm... I just can't imagine paying for tickets to something like that either. It's like, why not just watch old footage on YouTube and pay, you know, 60 bucks to see a hologram do songs? If it was really sick, I would I would go. If it was like... If it like was a full like band really and a, project, a production and everything. Yeah, if they had a real band and they had a real light show, like a Floyd esque light show, and, and well, all that, that. You can see like Elvis or something, and it's legit. I mean, these that are concerts, cool. though. That that is the idea. They're, I'm sure that they have to darken part of the like the front of the stage where where the where the screen would be. Um, but it's still like a full scale concert if you go and look at any of these videos. And mm-hmm. it's just this weird, like, worship thing. It's a whole uh, idea of when they, when you sell your soul for fame, you're just selling your image. And while your physical body dies, your your face is going to be plastered on T-shirt until 
the end of man or the end of t-shirts, whichever one comes first, you know? Mm-hmm. What if metaphysically you can't ascend to the higher plane until literally everyone has forgotten you, like, and there's no consciousness on earth that remembers who you are, and so you're just stuck here longer because of that? that yeah, that's a classic just, version of uh, a hell. You you don't get to pass on until your name will never be spoken again or, or whatever. Yeah, right? or there's no Where's memory of you or memory of a man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you died that's two deaths. Very woo woo, but no, I like yeah. what if, man? What if? Well, this is uh, this is my last one for Pepper Graham. You know, if if you look at sort of our history, uh, the people of Pulse in leadership and the digital artists, especially. Like um, you know. Oh my God! Yes, from Breaking Bad. From Breaking I've been, Bad. I've been thinking that this whole time, and I never mentioned it. But this guy sounds like Badger. Yeah, from Breaking Bad. Hey, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could totally. Yeah, sure. Left for Dead had the best zombies. I can't do Badger's voice. How do you? Even I talk can't about do it either. You, you got to like breathe in straight asbestos for five days, <laughs> and in, in, in your mask, <laughs> just pack it up. <laughs> uh, We've yeah, been lucky this, and accomplished enough to have developed the most believable digital humans in history. The future of the technology, I would say. <laughs> comes in the evolution of the supporting technologies. You know, ultimately, in, in terms of making this a viable technology for the consumer to enjoy or for businesses to enjoy, it has to be scalable and it has to be cost-effective. I mean, scalable? Come on. Come on. And this this is just oozing transhumanism through and mm-hmm. through. Evolution, digital people, digital humans rights yeah. holders Ray Kurzweil shit like the whole reason like the godfather or like you know the modern godfather of transhumanism wanted to get into it because he's like I want to live forever and have my brain in a computer and I want my dad to come back to life so I'm going to put his bring him back in a computer and it's like I just don't see I I mean I don't know I just feel like you're just the age old question of how would you even do that transfer of consciousness? And if you did, wouldn't it be like just a digital hell you're stuck in? Y'all ever play uh, New Vegas? Fallout New Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> no, you ever, you I, know I heard Mr. you talking about it. Mr. House. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you, so, can't you, there's so many different endings. I can't remember which last one I got was. Uh, I, I was replaying it lately and I just like went with it and I'm just going for it. And I, I basically killed him right away. I macked him right away. Took a shit. <laughs> And, uh, and the, he, but he's in like this little tube spoilers <laughs> for this fantastic video game. If you haven't played it, he's in like this little tube and he's been around for like three, 400 years. And he's in this huge like form and this, this omnipotent techno, uh, overlord mastermind, you know, that controls all these robots from his big central tower. But when you get past the, 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 the doors and you find him what he actually is, is he's this old, withered, three hundred year old body that's rotting, just just barely on the cusp of being preserved in like a tube, and e- even if you don't kill him, even if you just open it up, you will you kill him. Like he's gonna die in a year because you opened up the tube. So like the idea being, if you are going to preserve yourself, that's what you're in tune for. Is you're 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 gonna be in this hell, like what you're talking about. That's just one idea of it. Yeah, I like that though. It's an interesting uh, concept. What what does it, uh, eternal life? What kind of hell does that bring for you? Yeah, it's not going to be good. Sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, 
there's uh there's quite a few instances of predictive programming in modern day entertainment and media. Uh any guesses off the top of your heads what I'm about to play next? It's a movie. I'll tell you that much. Is it The Watchmen? Nope. <laughs> it should have been, though. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just do it then. I created Mysterio to keep the world. <laughs> I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Of course, we had Spider-Man Homecoming. Or Far From Home. Sorry. Far From Home. Is that what that was? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't see it. That Is that the one with Jake Gyllenhaal? That. There's no way we're going to guess that. What? Is that the Jake Gyllenhaal one? Yeah. He plays Mysterio, and the, it's the whole... Uh, he's got drones that have hologram, holographic projectors built into the, into, the, into the drone, and they fly around in these formations and, and literally mm. craft reality around Spider-Man as he's trying to fucking fight off Mysterio. Um, that sounds. I've always loved Mysterio as a character. Maybe I should watch that movie. Yeah, I should probably watch. It I just hated the casting for the new Spider-Man kid. It's. Uh, I just. I can't watch that shit. Those Marvel movies, man. It's. It's too much. Well, uh, there's just a new but, one every like two a month, and I can't keep up. But yeah, but the, that's basically more it. The way to, the way to approach it is what sort of predictive programming can you find there because not only do you have this spider-man movie but you also have the winter soldier which is operation paperclip in a nutshell oh yeah mm-hmm. and then you've got uh what was the one mo did on black panther like the the a, a rightful heir to the throne shows up challenges the black panther beats him wins oh, yeah. and then <laughs> black panther turns to the cia to overthrow <laughs> overthrow the king and then the God. actor that played back black panther dies Yes, and yeah, to be replaced by his sister, uh, his sister in the movie, if she didn't get canceled. Anytime you got Disney involved, man, they'll they'll murk you. I'm, it's I'm suspicious. Hollywood involved. Yeah. To make it to a certain level in Hollywood, you have to pay the price. Uh, let's see. This next one, um, I think everybody's going to know where it comes from. From the gates of hell comes the ultimate evil. Who are you? The devil. A demonic power terrorizes a peaceful planet. These people are all convinced that their world is coming to an end. And a deadly game of seduction could steal Picard's soul. I can do anything for you, Captain. Your life is in danger here. Enterprise, come in. Your ship is gone, Captain. Duel with the Devil on Star Trek The Next Generation. I have never even heard of that. Season four, episode thirteen, Devils Do. Deal with the Devil. Devils I thought do. at first before I heard Picard and anything Star Trek related, I thought this for sure was gonna be the trailer for what's that Brennan Fraser movie where he gets all these wishes from Satan? Oh, oh my god. Bedazzled with, uh, or something. Bedazzled, yeah. Bedazzled. Yeah. With Elizabeth Hurley, my girl. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. He's like every time he makes a wish, it's just he fucks himself even harder. Yeah, he wants to be like rich were, and powerful, and he basically turns into Pablo Escobar, and he's getting shot at and shit. I want to be famous and rich and well hung, and they turn him into a gay basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, well, it's still better than Monkey Bone, I guess. I was gonna say we should do a back-to-back oh, feature of Bedazzled and Monkey Bone. <laughs> oh, I'm for I would that. need drugs for that one. Dog. I am. Were we talking? That. 
<laughs> weren't we talking about uh on the last blue beam doing like no agenda stream watch parties yeah sort of like a uh mystery science theater 3000 because like of the, uh, yeah, the alex fun. jones movie uh I, the the one that was all um animated cell cell animation oh waking life yeah, yeah. Mm. i can't remember what they call that it's um the same way they did scanner darkly which is a fantastic movie and an even better book philip k dick but yeah it's it's got a name for it something stenography or something graphy but basically they just film it with actual cameras and then hand draw over it mm-hmm. so uh getting anyway. back to the star trek episode this creature she's portraying this super powerful deity she's able to cause earthquakes on command she can change her appearance uh, she goes through a different uh, a couple of different aliens um one of them is a satanic looking devil motherfucker um q is also mentioned and i haven't seen enough star trek to remember the q character all that well but they oh q's the best character in next gen it's been been a long time long time since i'd seen uh tng so it's sorry um I was kind He's of like fuzzy the super powerful, omnipotent, but just like fucks with the Enterprise and fucks with Picard. Great sense of humor, and he's capable of doing anything at any time. And that's probably they, the most powerful character in the show. Gotcha. And that's who they—that's who they kind of wonder this if uh, if this is who they're dealing with in this particular episode. Um, I did get a pretty good ISO from it that I found. We live in a universe of magic. I got to go back and clean it up. Because I was just recording straight mm. from the browser instead of getting the uh, getting the file. It sounds like shit. Um, but yeah, you this know, is... that would be a good one to to look at. Uh, uh, watch an episode of Next Gen, all of us or whoever wants to do it. That would be a good one. Yeah, because it's so over the top. Sorry, uh, your clip. The uh, I can't remember where. I, I guess it was on Netflix. I, I had to go back and and try and find it. Um, let's see. Oh, a Bemrose. Hmm. Well, in the meantime, while we wait for Sir Seatsitter to get back, I'll play you the super old school vaccine clip. Joe brought it home from the office. He gave it to Betty and one of his kids and to Betty's mother. But Betty's uh, mother went back to California the next yeah. day. On her way to the airport, she gave it to a cab driver. A oh, my God. Agent, and one of the charming stewardesses. What's wrong with this family? Joe gave it to some other kids. And Mrs. Oh. Mary got it and gave it to her husband. In California, yeah. Betty's mother gave it to her best friend, Dottie. Best but friend. Dottie had a heart condition and she died. But before oh my God. she died, Dottie gave it to her girlfriend, the Jesus. man, the paper boy, and the vet when she went to pick up her chihuahua. These dirty assholes. If a swine flu epidemic comes, this is how it could spread. It could you spread. You want to be protected, especially if you're elderly or chronically ill. Get a shot of protection. The swine flu shot. Ugh. Now, the only reason I, I kept... thought they were talking about the clap yeah. or something. <laughs> and then the you clap. gave it to her son and then and the paper boy and the mailman and her daughter. <laughs> And the chair that your mom, was, your grandma was sitting in at Christmas dinner. Yeah. Gave it and to the, the cab chair. driver. And the, and the fucking, the grocery man. Everybody got the clap. Now, it, it's, uh, it sounds kind of out of place to play that one. The only reason I brought it up is 
That would be arguably another example of Project Bluebeam in the sense of you're projecting this idea through light waves, i.e. televisions, i.e. black screens, um, i.e. you're you're Mm -hmm. warping people's perspective and making them see something that may or may not be there. Uh, And I just... I, I thought that clip is it, it's it's almost one for one what you can fucking find these days in regards to COVID nineteen eighty four. Um, yeah, mm. it's uh, I got another one. Uh, it's a little long. Uh, next up, uh, it's so, dirty. Yeah, it's so fucking filthy. Yeah, it's it's affecting the mental space, not the physical space uh, around us, which is another space. That can be affected. Yeah, it's another field of, uh, of, uh, some, there's something there. there. There's a really clever phrase. Were, were you guys talking about, uh, TVs like pulsing at a certain frequency on one of the previous episodes about Blue Beam? We touched on it, but I don't think we hit it all that hard. You didn't hit it too hard, but I think you did bring it up. You just brought up, like, Basic, uh, and it was more like Alex, I think it was an Alex Jones clip. Yeah, because he talks talking, about the patent. Um, yeah, he, he goes on and on and on. He talks, you know, 222 megahertz. You know, he goes off, but Alpha he's talking about this. Alpha says him. yes, yes. So you've got uh, certain electrical devices in your home that have certain influences on you that you really just take for granted. You don't really think about it, but. Um, they do exist. And like today I turned off my TV and my computer and I just felt better. <laughs> like I, like I could breathe easier and maybe it's all psychological. It could be completely psychological, but there's definitely something captivating about the TV. Once it's on, it's on. And like it, it, it's designed to reel you in, you know, and lull you, put you in a certain way. One thing that I can't recommend is the rates. <laughs> flicker rates. It's all about the flicker rates. Well, 222 megahertz straight to the dome, people. It's pulsing, man. It's <laughs> it's all it is. It's just fucking pulse wave. It's it's repetitive. It, it lulls you. It lulls you into a slumber. Um, See, trance music is like the uh, it like hypes you up, but in a slum, it's like a yeah. See, I hate that shit. <laughs> Side trance, baby. Um, Infected mushroom. You know, probably probably my most favorite instance of holograms and Project Bluebeam in the media is from, well, it's probably my favorite news station. You saw Jessica yelling over at Grant Park just a little while ago uh, when we uh, were uh, talking to her. Uh, we're going to do something that's never been done on television before. Uh, we're going to bring her in from Chicago into the Situation Room, right uh, in, into the CNN yeah. Election Center, excuse me, right now. I want you to watch what we're about to do because you've never seen anything like this on television. Hi, Wolf. All right, big round of applause. Uh, we did it. Uh, there she is, uh, Jessica Yellen. Uh, you're, I know you're in Chicago, but we've uh, done something, a hologram. We beamed you in. 
We beamed you in here uh, into uh, the CNN Election Center. Uh, I want to talk to you as I would normally be talking to you if you were really face to face with me. I know you're a few thousand, at least a thousand miles away, but it looks like you're right here. Hello. You know what I like about this hologram, and you're a hologram now, Jessica. Uh, instead of having a thousands of people behind you screaming and shouting, you know what? We can have a little bit more of an intimate conversation, and our viewers can enjoy that as well. Uh, how excited are you, Jessica, that this is the you're, you're the first one that we've beamed in to uh, the CNN Election Center? I know it's like I follow in the tradition of Princess Leia. Uh, it's it's something else. It's the first time it's been live on television, and uh, it's a remarkable what? setup. If I could tell you about it for a moment, because uh, I'm inside a R2D2 had the SOS message. Oh, look at that! That was blue. <sighs> every okay. Uh, okay, every video about holograms that I've pulled from YouTube for this, without without hesitation every time brings up princess leia and has the little like she'll be the first one to be recreated and when the technology gets up and running well shit they already did going back to what we were talking about they they faked her into uh into rogue one and then she she died and they still came out with that movie i don't i think some of that was yeah as a a young princess leia because it took uh it was the prequel to new hope like direct prequel I think it was all without uh, without Fisher. I think when Fisher saw that scene, she was like, what? When did we do that? That's the story that I heard. <laughs> they got tar- They brought back Tarkin, too, and that one looked even more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, they really did all out on that guy. Well, this one, uh, this one's only got 50 seconds left. Tent in Chicago that's been built. Engineers spent about three weeks doing it. There are 35 high-definition cameras ringing me. Uh, in a ring around me, I'm in the center, and they shoot my body at different angles, and I'm told that transmits what looks like an entire body image back there to New York. Uh, These cameras, I'm told, talk to the cameras in New York, so they move, and they know when to move when the cameras in New York move, and uh, it looks a little different from a real person there, but it's pretty remarkable. It's still Jessica Yellen, uh, and you look like Jessica Yellen, and we know you are <laughs> Jessica Yellen. Let's get back to the important politics there. All right, Jessica, uh, you are a terrific hologram. Thanks very much. Jessica Yellen is in Chicago. She's not here in New York with us at the CNN uh, Election Center, but you know what? It looked like she was right here. It's pretty amazing technology. Sounds like she got put through the ringer. Oh, I just thought that was an ringer. interesting little uh, <laughs> do it. Hardly know her. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Uh, (laughs) That one, that one's a pretty funny video because again, it's just like, Oh my God, look at this hologram. Maybe again, this is CNN. This is amazing. I like how Berlf was explained after everybody had already seen it on CNN and he already set it up and then talked about it with Jessica as that she was a hologram. He had to explain it twice more. As they went, they closed out the segment. Just reminding you, folks, this isn't the real. I did shorten the middle up, so it because it's this is uh this is around the time frame. uh, I think it was Obama running the second time because they were talking about John McCain. Um, my last clip that I have, this one brings us back to the skies, and this was a fairly popular story from what I remember because I definitely remember hearing about this. Um. And this is kind of where I'm going to conclude my argument. 
This video surfaced out of China, and it looks like their city is floating in the clouds. Of course, we can't verify if the video is real or not, but we have seen things like this before. Oh, yeah. This is a type of superior mirage called a Fata Morgana, where air temperature near the surface is actually cooler than the air above. It can make objects appear like they are stacked on top of each other, or in this case, like a city floating in the clouds. The same phenomenon happens when you're driving in your car on a hot day and you see what appears to be water or something liquid on the road in the distance, or you've heard of people walking through the desert and they see water in the distance, and then once you get closer, it disappears. Light waves travel through the atmosphere from the sun straight to your eye, but they actually travel through the atmosphere at different speeds. A mirage occurs when the temperature on the ground is hotter than the air above. When light travels through the cooler air into that warmer air near the ground, the light is refracted or bent. And what your eye is seeing is not that U-shaped bend, but an illusion. Just an illusion, man. It's all oh, Wait a minute, because I've seen this, if this is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. The city floating in the clouds above China, it looks like, like an alien city or something yeah it's kind of got like a rocky and, base to it yeah and maybe maybe i just misunderstood animes. that clip but are they saying that whole thing was just an optical illusion Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've done know. that they've okay. done that a couple times so i got to thinking um Fata morgana that's that's an interesting term and what it reminded me of was the movie merlin i don't know if you've seen that with sam o'neill with Sam O'Neill, classic. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll come back to that in a second, but I want to I want to share a couple of uh, quotes from a Wired dot com article that I found. I think uh, I think Sir Seatsitter and Lavish are really gonna like this. It starts off with Jesuit priests aren't especially known for their heavy drug use, but it were to uh, but it were to believe the like accounts it. of Father Domenico. Uh, Giardina, he was tripping pretty hard, looking out over the sea from Missina, uh, Sicily. Gard- uh, Giardina saw a city all floating in the air, and so measureless and so splendid, so adorned with magnificent buildings, all of which was found on a base of a luminous crystal. The metropolis suddenly transformed into a garden and next a forest, and in a flash it was all descended into chaos. Huge armies sprang forth, as did towns. They had laid waste to to before the whole mess disappeared. Uh, That's a Wired article? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Actually, I can do that right now. Yeah, Uh, what's the headline of that? Uh, fantastically wrong. The bizarre mirages that once scarred the bejesus scarred Jesus Christ <laughs> once scared the bejesus out of sailors. Ugh. I mean, honestly, if you would have just gone with it as scarred, I would have believed you. I know, I know. It's okay. I would have believed me too. <laughs> uh, it's been so long since I looked at art. Let me. I gotta poke through this here for a second. Um. He was high on life, though scholars believe he actually borrowed his sightings from another observer. The great and marvelous theater he claimed to have witnessed was a mysterious Fata Morgana, an incredibly complex mirage that has historically both fascinated and scared the hell out of sailors and landlubbers alike. 
Whether it be the work of necromancers or fairies or a god, few phenomena have uh, captivated humankind quite so thoroughly as Fata Morgana. This language, or this uh, this article's got all sorts of like just little buzzwords, and, and starting out so strong with the, with the with the Jesuits there. Ugh, yeah, they're Fauci. everywhere. Everywhere. My goodness, that guy is just the worst. Um, you guys ever been to uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not? Or you you ever heard of that spot, Ripley's Believe It or Not? Which one? Either one, anyone. Uh, the one I'm talking about is over in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, but I've been to a few, and they're all kind of the same. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah we had one in Gatlinburg. All right. uh, Myrtle Beach. Okay, there you go. Yeah, they're everywhere. So there's a display at Ripley's where you reach into what looks like a jewel case. Like a like a like You're supposed to reach into this hole in the wall and grab a jewel. That's J U U L, a J E W E L, a jewel, oh. a uh, a gem, a stone, precious stone, and you're supposed to reach in and grab it, and it looks like it's just right there. And you reach in and grab it, and you can't grab it because it doesn't exist because it's an illusion. And it's th- what we're talking about: reflecting. We're talking about mirrors, and we're talking about refraction. That's the kind of technology that I think about. And I think about that exhibit. That exhibit is trying to teach you something. And that gem looks so real when you reach in to grab it. It looks like it's just right there. The illusion is so spectacular. Um, I would not be surprised if they would be working on that kind of illusion making. Because it's, it's very believable. You can sell it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and then look at the what they did with the Space Needle in Seattle as well. I mean, they... Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I sent you a couple videos uh, that I, will be in the show notes um, of just all kinds of, like the German Circus one where they project like horses and elephants. Um, and then there was a, there's like a bunch of... Some of them, I think, it was hard to verify because they might be... Um, the magic leap stuff, which you have to have goggles on for augmented reality. Yeah, VR goggles. But you see, like a you know the whale like jump up and in a gymnasium out of the gym floor and splash back into the gym, or like you know yeah. elephants, a little a tiny elephant in the palm of your hand. Um, that stuff's out there, but it's like in beta, at least to the public and. You have to have. Do that at basketball the, games all the time. They'll just make it look like the basketball court collapsed. It's the, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty wild. The uh, the one thing I think that really hit me in the mouth with this Wired article, and this is what stood out about the Fata Morgana. This is what made me want to reach out, or not reach out, but look out and, and see what the fuck was going on here. Uh. Oh, I just lost it. Damn it. Oh, but before the scientific, <laughs> sorry, but before the scientific revolution and all its wonderful advances in physics, mirages were firmly in the realm of mysticism. Indeed, Fata Morgana takes its name from Morgan Le Fay, the treacherous fairy 
enchantress and half sister of King Ar- uh, King Arthur. Now, the reason I brought up the Merlin, Merlin mm. movie is, if you remember, at the end of the film, the only way, and I don't think it's Morgana that they're actually facing in the movie. I think she goes by a different name. It's been a hot minute since I've seen it. But let's just, for this argument, call her Morgana. The only way that they're able to achieve victory over Morgana is to turn their backs to her, to turn their back from the witch, to not look at the illusions, to not give in uh, give that power of attention to, um, and I had a, I had a way. Look at it, Marion. Yeah, close. Shut your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was I had a way better argument uh, prepped for uh, doing it closer to the last two episodes, but it got me thinking on something else. And if you look at the first two cards of the Rider Waite Tarot deck, it's the Fool and the Magician, zero and one, right? And in that traditional classic illustration, the fool is walking down the mountain with his like traveling. He's got his he's got his hobo travel travel stick bag going. Um, he's descending from you know whatever mountain or precipice he's on. It doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a care in the world. And then the next card is the magician. the The magician embodies all four elements. You see, uh, I believe he's holding. Uh, he's holding a wand, which represents like um, intellect and fire, knowledge, that kind of what we were talking about in our last episode of Behind the Schemes, this like second sun illumination. And on the desk in front of him, oh, I'm sorry, he does, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, he's not, what is he holding in that one? Well, on the table in front of him, he's got the pinnacles, the chalices, the swords, the 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 wand which represents all four elements the only way that you can get the fool in this deck to look at the magician is to invert the card to flip the fool 180 degrees and and turn him on his head mm-hmm. and i think that might be our only <laughs> saving grace the only thing that's gonna the that's that's gonna save us is by not looking at the illusions, by not watching the fucking alien invasion, by leaving off the TV. cave of shadows. Turn your back to the witch. Yeah, I like that. But it's Straight gonna be up. hard if they have like you know a fleet of UFOs projected in the sky, not to go outside and be like, uh. Point up Look at that. Look at that. It's going to be what, hard, man. What, what I love about this, what you guys are doing with this little program, is you're actually opening people up to the idea of it in the first place, which is the first step to protecting yourself from something like this. If this just happened and you never even conceived the idea that somebody would go through the trouble to create a giant hologram in the sky to dupe you into thinking that you know there's a false god or a false second coming of Christ, then, you know... You don't. It's just entertaining the thought is is the first step, and then you know whether you really want to believe that it could happen or that it could be done is up to you, personal prerogative. But prerogative, I mean. Uh, but uh, fuck it, man. You gotta you gotta prepare for shit like this because we live in a world now where this shit's possible. Technology is unbelievable now. You know, you don't think they couldn't create a fucking giant hologram in the sky? 
go fuck yourself. It can be done. Yeah. You know, you, you don't think people can't create earthquakes? They can. It can be done. You know, people can't change frequencies and they know all, they, there's so much shit going on right now. It's unbelievable. And we're only going to look at it in, in the, uh, in the future. We're going to look back on it. And we're going to say what a great time it was, but right now we're in the jaw of it. We don't really know what's going on. That's my feeling on this whole fucking thing. I mean, this thing is real. This could really happen. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like I've, I've probably said this before, but, like UFOs could land or like a flying saucer could land in my backyard and a little green man step out of it. And I would still like be halfway convinced that like it was some kind of fake trick. Like it's not even just seen on TV. It's like, I could see, cause like, I don't know. It's like, I've been, there's been so much bullshit that like something or like, it would have to be so convincing. Yeah. I have to like reach, I'd have to be able to touch it. And even then I'm going to, after our break, I got some uh, holograms that you can hear and touch. You gotta, you gotta let me slap them alien cheeks before I'm gonna believe any of that bullshit, my friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You gotta prove it to me. Prove it to me. You for real? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe that's an alien bitch until I motorboat her three titties. <laughs> At least three. I'm hoping for <laughs> like five plus. But okay. Uh, there's a couple of other quotes I, I thought really stood out here. One of the other Fata Magranas that they talk about is the Flying Dutchman, a ghost ship said to sail aimlessly around the high seas. Um, real Fata Morganas made their way into blossoming mass media of America. In 1871, the Sentinel of Santa Cruz, California, reported a Fata Morgana that made a steamer appear four or five stories high while other schooners played out uh, played about beautifully in the Mirage. Some 20 years later in Buffalo, New York, 20,000 people gathered to witness a Fata Morgana on Lake Ontario. Though Toronto is over 50 miles away, its church spires could be counted with the greatest of ease through the Mirage. Uh, and this is just a, a, just a little special throwout. Update, 3.30 p.m. This story has been updated to reflect the fact that scholars believe Father Domenico uh, Giardina recycled the, the accounts of another witness of Fata Morgana, as opposed to witnessing the phenomenon himself. So even even him, he's like planting this fucking seed. And and Jesuits plant seeds. Well, I think we all know how that one goes. But uh, yeah, I I should have been more more collected as far as everything that I had, but it's been so long. And I didn't, I didn't, I like the, I like the idea of a Santa Fe steamer. Like I've heard of a Cleveland steamer, Santa Fe steamer. That's good. Santa Fe deserves a good steamer. (laughs) No, that's a, that's Cause I, yeah, I didn't know about any of that. And I still don't think I could pronounce at least two or three of the words you were using, but that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. It's okay. I don't think I could either. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, yeah, that's interesting. Historical. You're right, just planting seeds even way back then in the 1800s. Yeah, and, you know, really think about this Morgana idea, you know, this idea of uh, just magic being used, this idea of illusions being used. We played a clip earlier, but it's the pass it along vaccine. Uh, it's like, oh, Becky gave it to her school bus driver, and her school bus driver gave it to her mom, and her mom gave it to this 
Some yeah. fucking fuckhead. <laughs> and that was the same uh, swine flu vaccine that, like, killed a bunch of people and paralyzed a ton of people. That 60 Minutes did that, if I'm not mistaken. That whole 60 Minutes report in the 70s. FBI, open up! They're coming for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 that whole 60 minutes report is on bit shoot but then there's also stuff in there like um i think it's muhammad ali and not carrie fisher but somebody like that and a bunch of celebrities they're like so and so got their flu shot and they used their picture the cdc used their picture and likeness and then it turned out it's like none of these people got the flu shot or gave their permission to be endorsing it and uh they asked like the cdc head guy on 60 minutes like did you approve this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, but did you actually ask any of these celebrities if they'd gotten the flu shot? And he's like, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Like we couldn't get Farrah Fawcett to take it. Yeah. So we, <laughs> Crazy. We had to do, we had to do. That's not the reason they're coming. That's not the reason they're coming y'all. <sighs> God, damn. spend money on the come. Spend money on the come. And there's many people coming. That's why they're coming. That's a serious question. We right? can debate it. Serious, it's acceptable. Come on. <laughs> it's going down hasn't... ladies and gentlemen whoa <laughs> fucking joe biden hasn't come since 2005 it sounded like <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, joe biden coming is an illusion <laughs> It's a Fauci wheeze. <laughs> uh, you couldn't. You couldn't replicate I'll that. I'll tell you this. This. <laughs> Alex, please. Shut up, Alex. Come on, Alex. Come on, Alex. <laughs> what drives me crazy not, is. No, uh, you know what? I never did. Uh, I never did get the uh, the demon rant that I found. I hope this is the right one. I'm gonna do it. Let's do it. Yeah, that's a good time. What do I do, Lord? <laughs> Destroy the child. <laughs> Corrupt them all. Just straight from this the This is their plan, people. These are demons. It's basically an intergalactic invasion into this space through people. I, I'm telling you, it's what all the ancients said. It's what they warned of. It's what we're dealing with. They're demons. They're freaking interdimensional invaders, okay? I'll just say it. Make fun of me all you want on CNN or wherever, but everyone already innately knows this. These people are not freaking humans, okay? Hillary Clinton is a goddamn demon. No like of putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frog gay. just uh then it's just alex in a doom suit fighting <laughs> aliens oh god enough of that that's just alex come on <laughs> i'm gonna go to break i'm gonna come back <laughs> are we ready for a uh, a 15 minute break here for a cigarette and a piss i could be game for that yeah yeah sure or, i got i only have like uh Two or three clips and two articles. So I don't. I don't have much on the other side. That sounds I don't know good. what else you got, but no, that was word. It. Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's the second or third show that I've actually been able to make it through all my clips. Wow, <laughs> feels good, man. <laughs> Golf clap. Clip. Yeah. Oh, I need to get a Jeb. Please clap. That one can't die. 
That one's oh. going to be around forever. Oh, Music yeah, that's Club. a good one. I bet there's, oh, man, I bet there's, uh, I bet there's remixes and all kinds of Please Claps. Oh, there's so much Please Clap. So much a clap. Yeah, I bet. There's, always, there's, there's always, some great Alex Jones mixes, too. The Goblins, Alex Jones Goblins, you know that one? Yeah, that those are the, the place boing, I think. Was the, the what? The place boing. I think that's who boing. did the goblins one. Oh, I don't want to okay. see you I kissing don't. goblins. Yeah. Please clap. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Please clap. Clap, clap, clap. Please clap. Please clap. Good stuff. Shout out to place boing. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Jeb. All right, uh, let's take a break. I'm going to go to break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come. <laughs> and there's many okay. people coming. Uh, I got a little, I got a, I think this is about 15 minutes worth of uh, <laughs> setup clips for the uh, the holograms, which we've already touched on a lot of it, so I could skip a little bit, but it's just some, uh, here's some hologram simulation stuff to wet the palate while we're gone. I'm going to go smoke and pee. We'll be back, folks. We have the best holograms. <laughs> we have the we best have grams. Holograms. The Instagrams, the holograms, the graham crackers, these are, the grams. These aren't your father's holograms. These aren't your grandfather's holograms. <laughs> They're much better than Joe Biden's grams. <laughs> <laughs> We've got bad guys. Are you okay? Eric, what are you doing here? I'm not here, Butters. What? This is going to be hard to understand, Butters, but you've become trapped in the simulation. None of this is real. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh? Take a shower with me, Morty. What? Listen to me, Morty. Get your clothes off. And get in the shower right now, Morty. You, you, you gotta trust me, Morty. Oh, I'm gonna get an F in class, Rick. Morty, that's not class. That, 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 that wasn't your teacher. This isn't your school. This entire world is not the world. We're inside a huge simulation chamber on an alien spaceship. Wait a minute, what? What are you talking about? It's all fake, <laughs> Morty. All of it. Nanobotic renderings. Uh, a bunch of crazy fake nonsense, Morty. I couldn't say so until we got in the shower. They won't monitor us in here. Monitor us? Who? Nigerian scammers, Morty. The galaxy's most ambitious, least successful con artists. You know, it's lucky for us that they're also really uncomfortable with nudity. The simulation theory is that our reality isn't a reality at all, but actually we're in some sort of extremely advanced simulation. Your consciousness is software. The fundamental premise is that there's a mysterious, super-advanced civilization that runs computer programs to simulate all sorts of phenomena, including reality itself. A world that's totally fake. An imaginary world where the people inside think that they're living a normal life when actually they're asleep in some pod someplace. The idea there has actually been around for quite a long time. There's science fiction dating back many decades. And people have basically said that if simulating reality is possible, why would they just stop at simulating one reality? So if it is possible, then there's going to be lots of simulated realities, and those realities themselves will end up simulating other realities. So the argument goes that we're almost certainly living in a simulated reality. Computers started off 
very weak, relatively speaking, very large, and now they're incredibly powerful and small, and our software has evolved to the point where we have virtual reality simulations. So what if there is some advanced civilization that is far beyond where humans are, then could they create a simulation that is something like what we consider reality? What if you had an alien civilization that had been working on this for millions, if not billions of years, and they build computers that encompass an entire solar system, billions of billions of billions of billions of times more powerful than anything we can possibly imagine, then the realities that could be simulated on that computer are just going to be unimaginably more real than we can possibly envisage with our current technology. Then you could imagine that virtual reality could get more and more advanced to the point where you can't tell it apart from the real world. But the main argument against us living in a matrix is the very existence itself. That would have to be a very complex code because we live in a system that's made up of elementary particles. Just think of every proton and electron in the universe. There are so many atoms in the universe, so many possible simulations, so many possible futures, that it would require more atoms than the entire universe to recreate scenes of the matrix. But it's impossible to disprove a negative. Let's say that you want to disprove the matrix theory or disprove angels and unicorns. Well, you can't because someplace on the earth, there could be angels and unicorns hiding. So if reality is some kind of simulation, then strange things are going to happen because no code is perfect. But unfortunately, when I look into these things, they generally have a pretty boring explanation. Uh, which is a shame, really, because I would, I would like that there to be a bit more magic in the world. What's a 911 area code? Hello? Hello, Eric. My name is Steve from Oculus Customer Service. There seems to be an error with our virtual headsets, and on behalf of the company, I would like to apologize and try to help. With what? This is going to be very jarring for you, but there's been a malfunction with the headset you ordered from us. Right now, you're actually in your room at your computer wearing an Oculus headset, but you're in a coma-like trance, my friend. Fuck you. I understand your shock, my friend. But you have simply been in the virtual world so long, you have forgotten. You should probably listen to him, dude. Uh-huh. Because I thought I was messing with butters, but I'm actually one trapped in virtual reality. The people you are talking to are just computer programs, my friend. Guys, tell him you're not computer programs. Maybe we are. Kyle, just don't be a dick right now. I know this is very hard for you, but we don't have a lot of time. You really think I'm that stupid? That I'd believe all of this all along has been me living out some kind of virtual reality fantasy? Fuck you! Well, well what's this? Well, what could this possibly be? Because it looks like you're inside a simulation. Inside a simulation. You're still on the ship. Game day, bucket go, boom. Sir, the uh, doctor's appointment to examine the discoloration on your butthole flaps was... Too loud, Cynthia. Too loud and too specific. Are you fucking with me? What? What do you mean? Butters, I'm seriously, are you fucking with me? I don't know what you mean. Because if you are, it's not cool. 
Eric, you said you were going to get me out of this virtual world. Butters, I talked to Oculus customer service, and they said I'm the one who's wearing a headset and has forgotten he's in virtual reality. Oh, really? Oh, that's a relief. Oh, it's a relief, huh? Well, guess what, Butters? If I'm the one trapped in virtual reality, that means you're nothing but a computer program. Oh, God. That's right. Oh, God. That's right. Now, you better stop messing around, Butters, so I can help you out of this. Because you know how I said if you die in virtual reality, you die in real life? Yeah. Well, if you get grounded in virtual reality, you get grounded in real life, too. Forever. Oh, 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 oh. No. What the? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Rick. How dumb are you? You're inside a simulation of a simulation inside another giant simulation. <laughs> we never had the recipe for concentrated dark matter, but we do now. We do now, sucker. You simulated my grandson's genitalia? You, you, you bunch of diabolical sons of bitches. Kevin fought real hard to supervise that podcast. <laughs> you said you weren't going to tell anyone. I'm never going to live this down. All right, okay, all right, great, wonderful. You win. Can we go home now? I don't know. Can you? Ha! <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. Show this gullible turd to a shuttle. I'm done with him. Oh, wait. Let me get a picture. Oh, look at his face. He's trying to figure out if he's in a simulation still. Are you, Rick? Are you? <laughs> You're not. Or are you? Oh, and, and by the way, I don't have discolored butthole flaps. That was part of the simulation. Oh, uh, sir, should I cancel that appointment then? Yeah, of course you should. <laughs> no, keep it. Uh, move it up, actually, if you can. Yes, no, sorry. But because you bought two business class tickets, I cannot refund the fares. That's right. There is nothing we can do. All right. Have I answered all your customer concerns in a timely, polite manner? Thank you for calling Korean Airlines Customer Service. Help all your local customer service. This is Steve. Oh. Uh, we're trying to reach Oculus Customer Service. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, my friend. Oculus Customer Service, this is Steve. Yeah, our friend has been missing for a few days, so we went and checked on him, and he's in a coma wearing your headset. Oh, yes, yes. What is your name, please? Kyle. Kyle, I need to advise you that this call may be recorded to help with better customer service in the future. Is that agreeable to you? I don't care. He doesn't care. I can continue. All right, listen very carefully, my friend. The headsets we sold you are having some minor problems. You mean he's actually stuck in virtual reality? Yes, and that is why we are trying to locate all the headsets and do a recall. Do you understand? It is a total recall. Fuck you. Fuck you what? He says they're doing a total recall. Oh, fuck you. All right. Did I take care of all your customer needs in a timely and satisfactory fashion today? You haven't done anything yet. But the customer service, was that reliable? And did I accurately and politely respond to your concerns? We need help. Our friend is in a coma. Uh, let's see. Uh, it looks like one of you is going to have to put on the Oculus headset and go into the virtual world and convince your friend to get to an access point. Could you try that, my friend? Cartman, I'm going to tell you something, and I need you to believe me, even if it seems impossible. Okay, Cal. All right, here it goes. Cartman, you aren't really here. Hmm. And why do you know that, Cal? Because I saw you, okay? In your room, passed out with a VR headset on. Customer service said that one of us needed to put on the headset and come get you, and that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard to believe, but you have to trust me. And why did the guy send you, Cal? What do you mean? Cal, I want you to brace yourself. 
This is going to be extremely hard to believe, but you are the one that's been in a coma with a VR headset on. Fuck you. I know it's hard to grasp, Kyle, but I was the one sent by customer service to try and convince you that none of what you've seen is real. You bought the Oculus Rift headset, Kyle. Don't do that. Calm down. No, I put your headset on and came here to- In virtual reality, yes, you did. No, then I came into this virtual space. You've been in the virtual space all along, Kyle. Think about it. We're arch rivals. Why would the guy send you in to convince me of anything? Fuck you. Why would they send you in to convince me of anything? Fuck! Like Mr. Musk thinks, are we living in simulation? I find it hard to argue against that possibility. Meaning? Meaning. You look at our computing power today, and you say, I have the power to program a world inside of a computer. Well, imagine in the future where you have even more power than that. And you can create characters that have, for example, free will, or their own perception of free will. So this is a world, and I program in the laws that govern that world. That world will have its own laws of physics and chemistry and biology. Now, you're a character in that world, and you think you have free will, and you say, I want to invent a computer. So you do. Hey, I want to create a world in my computer. And then that world creates a world in its computer. And then you have simulations all the way down. So now you lay out all these universes and throw a dart. Which of these universes are you most likely to hit? The original one that started it, or the countless simulations, the daughter simulations that uh, unfolded thereafter? You're going to hit a sim you're going to hit one of the simulations. So statistically, based on that argument, which first appeared by a, a philosopher from Oxford named Nick Bostrom back in the 1990s, right when computers were becoming real enough to think this through, um, it's. Uh, it's hard to argue against the possibility that all of us are not just the creation of some kid in a parent's basement programming up a world for their own entertainment. And then every time something weird happens in the world, some disruptive leader takes charge. And I wonder if that programmer just got bored and had to stir the pot. So they throw somebody in there just, to, just to, for their own entertainment. For me, that's some of the best evidence that we live in a simulation. Because this happens every time uh, there's peace and tranquility in the world. But if it's true, what can we do about it? If, like the Truman movie, or there was that, we're in that. Yeah, well, he can try to escape by going in the Truman movie to go through the barrier. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're, if you were programmed by somebody, yeah, no. There's nothing you can so do. So what difference does it make if I'm programmed by someone? I, I guess it, I don't know it. I guess it doesn't make any difference at all. Thanks for calling Best Buy. How can I direct your call? Yes, my name is Kyle Broflosky. Can you tell me if I purchased an Oculus Rift headset there? Or if I did. Or if you sold one to an Eric Cartman? Sir, I'm going to have to connect you to customer service. Hang on a sec. Best Buy customer service. This is Steve. No, listen, I called customer service because I need help. What am I supposed to do? Wait, Stan? Hold on. Is this my virtual reality or Cartman's virtual reality? It's neither. I know this might be hard for you to grasp right now, but this is all actually real. No, no, after we found Cartman, I put the headset on and No, then... dude, dude, we've all been here the entire time. Holy shit, then this is all real. We've all been here from the beginning, taking turns on the Oculus Rift headset. No, you guys, this is virtual reality. How do you know? Because I'm a computer program.
God damn it, Cartman. I'm telling you guys, I swear you have to believe me. I am a computer program. I'm not real. He's lying. I'm not lying. Go ahead and ask customer service. What was the name of the person who first called you for customer service? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That I can answer. His name was Butters. Butters called customer service first? Have I answered all your questions in a satisfying and courteous manner? Come on, we're going to Butters' house. Hello? My friend? My friend, I believe we're having some technical issues with our phone line. Please hang on. I'm going to call customer service. Hello, customer service. This is Steve. Hello. This is Steve with customer service? Uh, no, 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 my friend. I am Steve with customer service. Listen, my friend. This is going to be very hard to comprehend, but none of what you are seeing is real. Oh, no, 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 no. My friend, my friend, my friend. A customer who is in virtual reality called customer service and it has created a customer feedback loop, okay? Here in India, we call it a customer feedback window loop. Oh, fuck you. No, 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 no. Do not fuck me because I am you and then we will just be fucking ourselves. Now, have I provided answers to your questions in a courteous and prompt fashion? What do you mean, have you answered all my questions? No, you have not answered any questions at all. No, 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 listen, listen. If I didn't answer your questions, then we have given bad customer service. But you didn't answer any of my questions. Well, what is more important, my friend, the result or good customer service? Hey, Morty. What? Hey, hey little buddy. How, how, how you doing in here right now? Oh, jeez, Rick. What are you doing, man? You're, you're a good kid, Morty. You, you're a real little ca character, Morty. Oh, boy. You, you know, I had a really rocky road today, Morty. You're my little friend, aren't you? We had some good times together, huh, Morty? You're a real true hero out in the field. You're a, little, you're a real trooper, huh, M Morty? Uh, have you been drinking, Rick? I really appreciate you, Morty. Okay, cool. All right, Ray. <laughs> you little son of a bitch. Are you a simulation? Huh? Are you a simulation? No, no, You little son of a bitch. I'm sorry, Morty. You're a good, you're a good kid, Morty. Jeez. You're, you're a good, you're a good kid. Oh my God. What the hell? What a life. Elon Musk thinks it's almost certain that we are living in a computer simulation. There's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. He says that humans are basically some advanced version of The Sims. Yes, that idea sounds pretty absurd. But we shouldn't just write it off. People used to think the solar system worked like this. But almost 2,000 years before Galileo proved it didn't, Aristarchos of Samos posited the exact same crazy idea. Reality is probably not as it seems. Musk is echoing a paper on this theory by philosopher Nick Bostrom. His argument goes like this. Cool, 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. 30 years after Pong, we got The Sims. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. So let's go about 10,000 years into the future. It's possible that when we get there, civilization will be entirely gone because there is a ceiling to our advancement. Maybe it's because of global warming or self-replicating robots. If civilization stops advancing, then that may be due to some calamitous event that erases civilization. But another possibility is that if we keep advancing and assuming everything in the physical world can be simulated, eventually we'll simulate ourselves. Every synapse in the entire human brain for everyone on Earth. 
Getting enough computing power to run billions of ancestor simulations could be a problem, but Bostrom thinks we'd send tiny self-replicating robots to other planets, which would turn the planet into a huge computer, and some of the simulations would start making their own simulations. In this scenario, there are billions of universes that are indistinguishable from our own. That means that chances are, we are in one of the simulated universes. And given the other possibility, which is that human civilization has an inevitable ceiling, Elon Musk thinks we better hope that we're in a simulation. Either we're going to create simulations that are indistinguishable from reality, or civilization will cease to exist. Those are the two options. There is one other possibility. Maybe future humans just don't want to run ancestor simulations. Maybe they think it's unethical, because there is a tremendous amount of suffering in the world, and that suffering would still feel real to simulated humans. Or maybe they have other priorities. So to recap, there are three possibilities. One, humans go extinct before we're able to run a simulation this big. Two, humans don't run simulations because it's wrong or boring. Number three, we are living in a simulation. Elon Musk thinks that there's only a tiny chance we are in scenario one or two. The philosopher Nick Bostrom thinks it's more like a 20% chance that we're in a simulation. But if you're not into futuristic predictions, Bostrom thinks this argument provides other rewards. He says, it suggests naturalistic analogies to certain traditional religious conceptions. In other words, if we're living in a simulation, there is a higher level being, but it's some version of us. This leads to a rabbit hole of conversations, which is why Elon Musk has rules about when he can talk about this. It got to the point where basically every conversation was, was the AI, AI slash simulation conversation. Um, and my brother and I finally agreed that um, we would ban such conversations if we were ever in a hot tub. Like, <laughs> and we're back finally. So, Midas actually uh, shot me this um, CIA document, or he brought it to uh, the show when we did the time travel episode with Nick Durrett, a CIA declassified document. It's a long PDF that shows um, it's about time travel, remote viewing, like um, the past or the future with the brain, but it posits and it's got a bunch of diagrams and graphs of how the brain works and how the universe is shaped. And that it's essentially a hologram projected by, by our brains. Um, Conscious energy grid. I don't know if you've ever taken a little bit too many hallucinogens, but the people around you and the setting around you can seem like it's all just happening inside your mind. And you're like, I have this feeling that everything is kind of projected out of your brain. Well, in the physical side of it, too, isn't it uh, you end up ingesting more light to some capacity? Like the, the light's more vibrant, it's more potent. You're seeing uh, maybe like finer bits of the light spectrum almost. Yeah. And like geom the longer you look at something, it molecules break down geometrically and things get more and more intricate. The longer you look at one spot sometimes. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I don't know. What do you think? If I've never really bought into the simulation theory necessarily, but I've had the ones and zeros thing happen. Uh, independently, and then found out that it happened to other people. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how. Like I, it does feel like uh, things are projected, but that doesn't mean that out of your brain. But that doesn't mean that you know 
uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean that everyone in the chat and the two of you are just hallucinations on my end. I don't think it's uh, it's certainly interesting. I mean, look at the fool and the the magician card. That's zero and a one. Um, yeah. I always think that that's an angle of the numerology as well, that these numbers that we always talk about, 33, 666, and the cube and all that sort of thing, that all ties into just this sort of like binary code or, or a sort of a, a, a rule set of rules that exist that kind of plays into the theory that it's a simulation, that there's more at work that gives uh, structure to our world than we give credit. Something that is conscious or something that we would deem conscious, right? Yeah, it's a strange... Yeah. I, I never really liked the simulation theory, though, because... It's pushed by too many people I don't trust is one thing. There's that angle, of course. You're always going to have these people that you don't like that will take up the cause. But uh, there's a there's like a nihilist element to it that that's distasteful to me. Mm-hmm. Where if everything's a simulation, then nothing matters is is the sort of implication. And if well, it depends if it's like a test simulation. It's like a if it's a test that has consequences after the simulation or what. You know, it's there's a lot of it doesn't. Right. What's the purpose of the matters. simulation? There's, there's all kinds of other questions that come from the simulation theory. Why? Why is there a simulation? What is to, the purpose? To of the simulation? feed the demiurge. It's got a feast. <laughs> yeah. And you look at the matrix. That's the Gnostic idea. Like that. The the idea of all of us being batteries in a little pod, fueling something that we don't understand. That you know, there's there could be that sort of action going on. You never know. Yeah, and the first time Alex Jones went on Rogan, he was he smoked some weed and he went on this crazy rant about how humans are a hive organism, <clears throat> like the collective unconscious is one soul essentially, and hum- and humans are like a, a hive organism that always lives. Uh, and there's trillions of worlds that humans have lived on throughout space and time, and we're like a hive organism where we die like in the in the span of time just we're here for a second and we like live uh, close to suns which are like stargate jump gates off to different planes of reality he went on some like crazy 10 minute rant involving all that but like they have a diagram here i'm looking at in the ci thing it's like it's like a uh, a flowing uh figure eight and it's direction of time space evolving going in uh universally going into a black hole and out of a white hole where the nucleus is and the hologram exists within the center of that point of where time flow and space turns. So I guess time is flowing backwards and forwards according to this chart, which would make sense if you've ever had like a significant moment in your life, like a life changing event, Um, whether it was good or bad, like traumatic or really good. It kind of ripples backwards in time and you have like a feeling maybe the day before or right before it happens. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, that yeah. totally happens, you know, uh, or when something is happening, you know, the feeling of deja vu and the real feeling of deja vu oh, yeah. feeling of like, Oh yeah, I, this is exact. This is having exactly how I dreamed it or whatever. My subconscious is 
they're projecting it to me. It, you know, in the idea of simulation theory or the idea of a lot of different theories, time is merely a a tool used to spoon feed existence to human beings one little bit at a time because to the cosmic entities that we discuss, you know, that everything's already happened to them. And it's just a matter of, of uh, having us go through the motions. I love the, the Andy Weir. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Andy Weir short story where the egg, where every human being of all time is the same soul that is reliving a life again and again and again, and in so doing, it's maturing, and the universe is, is sort of like a fetus. And yeah, as, I love that. As time progresses on, all of the souls of of the of the world eventually develop a maturity that leads them to become what you would call a star child. You know, the next step in in the evolution. And uh, I've always liked that theory. That's always been a fun theory to me. That we're all kind yeah, of yeah. I really like person. the Earth as an egg yolk. And if it is a simulation, that would make sense because if you fail the test, you go down a level or you stay here in this level until you go up. Yeah, do it again. Play over. Play again. Life is a a sort of a play again type of situation. You fucked up. Want to try again? Uh, Yeah, it would make sense (laughs) from a sort of philosophical standpoint. Yeah, I I I like all these ideas. Uh, do you guys think there's an credence to the whole don't go to the light at the end of the tunnel? That that's just part of the Saturn moon matrix and it's recycling you again? Kind of like like y'all were saying, keeping I, that soul. Like, is it directly to the moon? Or not moon. I, I guess it's just any light at the end of the tunnel. I, I heard a ridiculously awesome story from a guy who's a... Uh, he he died and he'd come back to life. He was a big guy. He told me this story and it wasn't your typical going to the light story. To him, he blew up into a, a countless particles and scattered across the eons. And he felt a warm glow and something came up to him and went, "It's not you're not it's not your time yet." And all of the particles that he had divided into, they all collected themselves and pulled back together into. I guess a soul and he was saved and he, and he came back up on the hospital bed and, and is alive today. And we still chat, but that's to me, that's my favorite, you know, personal, like I didn't just like read that on the internet. A guy told me that, you know, a buddy of mine. And, uh, I think that there's just a lot of weight to a story like that. There's a lot of things you got to dissect with a story like that, you know? I've had like similar, pretty similar things. Um, yeah. And that's, that's like a common thing is like, you just become, you spread out and just become everything and know everything. And then you're back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, and then like, it's, yeah, I've had like one near death experience and one like super intense trip and both had the same, uh, feel to them. Um, that's, See, then I got a. Oh, go ahead, sir. I was just gonna. Uh, that was part of the conversation we were having on the show that I did earlier today, when a friend of mine committed suicide the night before I got the message. 
I got hit with this like super hardcore head rush and it almost knocked me down in the kitchen. And then I started seeing all this weird shit, like this big shadow rushing by. Uh, and it like blocked out part of the whole fucking doorway. And then for the next two hours or so, just laid in the bed, sinking into it and floating out of, out of it and tasting all this copper and shit. And then turn around and the next day that, uh, get a text message that, uh, <coughs> that uh that my buddy had died. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I I believe in all that though. I think there's definitely something to all that. For sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, this is uh Newsweek. <clears throat> Government physicists think we may be living in a two D hologram, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense, um, because it seems pretty three D to me. But uh, it's, uh, let's see, like characters in a TV show who don't know that their 3D-esque world only exists on a 2D screen, it's possible that our perceptions of three-dimensional space is merely an illusion, scientists say. And this is like a bunch of government-funded study malarkey. But um, hypothetically, let's just assume that this is like a holographic simulation, whether it's metaphysical uh, physically scientific on a computer. I tend to think it's more like extra dimensional metaphysical, but let's just say that that exists for the sake of argument, that that's where we're at. It would stand to reason that the elite of the world, the people that have all the knowledge that's passed down in secret societies and occult shit, or just like super scientific shit we don't get to know about or both. They know this. And if it is a hologram or simulation and they and they have way more knowledge than they let on, they could manipulate it. So they wouldn't even have to necessarily project holograms. They could just hack reality in a sense and create an invasion of real. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, and operate side-by-side side people who, who don't do that and be undetected. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's making any sense, but uh, <laughs> you've seen They Live, right? Everyone's seen They Live. Oh yeah, it's one that's, of the best documentaries of all time. <laughs> it's a great documentary. One of the best pieces of nonfiction you'll find in film. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it's it's like that. It's like it reminds me of that. Like there's a there's a a whole thing that exists right next to us that we can't see. It's really not that difficult to conceive that our senses are limited. In the sense that we can't see, you know, infrared light, or we can't smell uh, carbon monoxide, or we can't, you know, we can't perceive certain things that an- other animals can perceive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's shit that exists that's all around us. Radiation. It's things that we can't see. And it's it's not hard to, to believe that there's other things. All kinds of stuff we can't see, in my opinion. Yeah, and sometimes, like uh, like Boober was just talking about, you, there's something that is that you you sometimes you can see it or detect it in in one way or another. Um, I was just talking to a buddy that lives next door, we're coworkers, and he's convinced that there's a ghost in his bathroom, and he him and his girlfriend have seen it, and uh, it just mostly hangs out in the bathroom, but it's just like a solid black figure that like will be looming in the doorway. It's been there as long as he's lived in the house and uh, without bringing it up to people because he's kind of weirded out by it. 
um, people that have been tripping like on mushrooms over there have uh, have seen it. They're like, there's something in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah, um, I totally believe that there are spooky spots in the world yeah. that you don't want to get involved with. So, all all of that in mind, um, and it, when you get into territory like this, it's hard to really make a coherent argument <laughs> and prove anything. But, um, Boober, you remember the Alex Jones clips we played in maybe part one or two, uh, where he was like, he's like the Pentagon uh, declassified a while back that they they could project a. 30, uh, he's talking with David Icke, I think. He's like, they can project a 3,000-foot-tall Easter bunny in the sky. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, they so were I trying f- to do the second coming of Christ in uh, Rio, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then there's dope. all these stories about a, pen, a pier, giant pyramid appearing over the Pentagon that a lot of people have supposed photos of. They look decent. I don't know. That'd be cool. But uh, I, I'd be so, all about this. If someone did this like as a, as a concert thing, you know, giant holographic <laughs> pyramid in the sky. <laughs> they Come did on. it on uh, oh, who was it? They had a virtual concert on Fortnite. Of, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember uh, Monty telling me the about rapper. This. Yeah, it's a rapper, and it's like a skyscraper-sized rap concert with everybody running around with their Fortnite characters, and he's doing like a live hologram projection show. He's like uh-huh. tall. But it, uh, so this is another yeah. Wired article. I thought it was interesting when you brought the Wired article because I had one too. I was like, I wonder if it's the same one, but it's not. This is a military one step closer to battlefield holograms. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's and this is uh from two thousand ten, I think. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's one of those grandiose ideas that gets bandied about by Pentagon scientists and pops up in the press every three years. The face of Allah weapon would beam a massive life-like hologram over a battlefield, projecting the image of some deity to incite fear or submissiveness in soldiers on the battlefield. Uh, let's see. I do remember this According- one, actually. <laughs> I totally forgot adds. all about it. <laughs> uh, according According to... Oh, freaking ads, dude. Wired, get your shit together. I need an ad blocker on here. Okay, so we, 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 last, we last checked in on a holographic weapons research two years ago when the University of New Hampshire was working on some Pentagon-funded projects. Um, yeah, so the, um, the New York Times called them actual moving holograms. They're filmed in one spot and then projected and viewed on another spot. They liken the holograms... To the tiny image of Princess Leia, the R2-D2 show Luke Skywalker. Oh, my God. You can't get away from that comparison. Um, so they they, in, they end up going into detail on the uh, the cost and, like, the practicality of something like this. But um, somewhere in this article, they talk about how high it would be, and it mentions 3,000 feet. So I'm assuming this is where Alex Jones got his uh Oh, the bunny rabbit. Yeah. They could, they could project me. They could project Superman or the Easter Bunny 3,000 feet tall. So, um, I don't know, this... Well, okay, so... Could I get a 3,000-foot-tall Alex Jones? <laughs> he okay. said that yeah, they could I just put, yeah. It's not Keep, the, okay, put a pin in that, and please continue. It's not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. I got, uh, just on the holograms before we get out of here, I got uh, two clips from 
dumb YouTubers. They kind of contradict each other, so let me know what you think. What if I wasn't here, but instead I was there, floating right in front of you? Yeah. Holographics, bro. They're coming. Greetings, programs. Trace here for D News. Yes, Greetings. I am really here. I am not a hologram yet. There may soon be a day where I'll just pop into your living room, into the palm of your hand, or I'll walk alongside you down the street. The idea behind holographic technology has been around since the late 1940s, when British scientist Dennis Gabor coined the word hologram from the Greek words meaning whole message. But those are a little different. We've got these laser-based holograms on everything from novelty toys to credit cards and money. Since the post-war years, holograms have jumped out of that little two-dimensional window into three-dimensional space. The most famous one recently was probably from last year's Coachella, where a hollow Tupac made an appearance. But the most widespread recognition of holographic technology is on Star Trek with the holodeck, a place where anyone can put themselves anywhere thanks to 3D touchable holograms. We are not quite there yet, though people in the business of holograms do think we'll see a holodeck someday. But so far, all holographic technology is really just visual trickery. The Coachella Tupac wasn't floating in 3D space, but projected onto an angled, see-through mylar screen, a technique that's been used since the Victorian times with mirrors and glass. That goes, kind of touches on what you were doing. I'm gonna, I had a whole clip on the, the uh, Victorian era like hologram technology, but the, he kind of he states there that you like none of the holograms that exist you can touch or feel, um, which this next clip just totally contradicts, and it's not quite the same without the uh, visual aspect, but this is pretty interesting how this works. We may be closer than ever to recreating some of the most iconic tech in sci-fi history. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. There it is. Oh my goodness. We've seen hologram technology move leaps and bounds over the last few years. Maybe you caught Jesse's look at 3D volumetric displays a few weeks ago. Now, researchers from the Interact Lab at the University of Sussex have created three-dimensional holograms you can hear and even feel. They call their device the acoustic trap display. Essentially, it's using sound to manipulate a tiny particle that traces out these images. Here's how it works. The display is made up of an array of small ultrasound speakers that produce sound waves, LED lighting, and a two millimeter bead. The sound waves keep the bead suspended in midair, and they can manipulate the bead's position. The bead moves around the display too fast for our eyes to see, so what we see is a 3D image. And remember, this is genuinely a three-dimensional image. It doesn't just appear to have depth. That means it can be viewed from any angle. So this is like, um, if you look at it, it's like an extreme, you know, on steroids version of when you have a sparkler and you flirt it around, you draw stuff in the air with your, um, by waving around your hand. Right. Does that make right. sense? With a, with, with a long exposure camera you're talking about, you take a sparkler and you carve something out. Is that what you're talking about? Or just like in, I mean, it doesn't stay in the air very long or it doesn't stay in your eye sight very long but you can right. just you know spin it in a circle and you see a circle so they take a um, bead and they shake it so fast in the in the image of something that it looks like that thing so like like could they make like a a, a, a helmet a knight's helmet the size of my fist could, could they make it look yeah. like that with this one bead the video they showed was a butterfly a, a, the Single bead 
getting vibrated around by sound fast enough that it formed a butterfly that moved and flapped its wings where you could even touch it and feel the wind coming off the butterfly wings. So what I'm thinking is if they had, if UFOs are a government technology and they can actually move the way these Tic Tac videos show, then they could theoretically do the same thing with like a spacecraft flying around at that speed to create a hologram the same way they're doing a bead just by moving it fast enough, faster than the human eyes to the whole thing just forms an image like that. And that would be a physical object. So you could touch it, feel it, see it, hear it. I, I just want to throw in here real quick, cause this just sounds like an incantation. It just sounds like manipulation of audio to summon the visage of something. Sure. Right. Or the idea <laughs> Uh, at every point in one of these cliffs, it always comes back to these ghosts, these demons, these fucking aliens. Um, aliens! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, you know, not to mention you got fucking Alex Jones making that white rabbit reference right there. Um, it would have been a little sweeter if he had said uh, 33,000 feet, but that's besides the point. He's talking about summoning the stuff Indeed. that, you know, whatever you whatever you want to fucking summon, which is what it sounds like they're doing with those beads that you're talking about. Using audio to summon just, well, especially butterflies. I mean, I don't know if there's any other sort of MK Ultra sort of shit in that video or not, but. Well, is this the first step to remaking the pyramids? Like, this is the first step to learning how to use sound to construct things, to shape stone, yeah. you know? You gotta, the sound technology is very important, very important technology, in conspiracy circles, of course. Yeah, like Atlantis and the pyramids and all that. Yeah, I'm into that shit. And, well, and even shit we got, like Machu Picchu and uh, certain parts of, um, well, of course, the pyramids of Giza in certain parts of Peru, certain parts of Mexico that have like these walls that are just, you know, immaculate. You've got these huge multi-ton stones that fit perfectly together in a way that we couldn't, we have no idea how, how the ancient people did it, you know? And then everything since then is rough stone and you've got uh, mortar and, you know, things get a little rougher after a certain period of time. But the original stuff, the old stuff that stood thousands and thousands and thousands of years, we don't know how they did that. And sound is is has always been the classic conspiracy theory about how like these giant stones, like you know, even the pyramids themselves, how they were transported five hundred miles and all that shit. That's from a simpler time though. A simpler time yeah. and <laughs> you know. We live in interesting times. Man, I love all the uh well, who knows what it was like back then? Because anything but stone is going to be totally disintegrated. Skyscrapers won't last that many thousands of years. I'm into like Randall yeah. Carlson and Graham Hancock and all those guys that lay out a really good argument that the uh, the pyramid, the uh, the Sphinx and the pyramids and a lot of other structures are way older than archaeologists will would like to admit. They at least prove that they all correlate to one another. And that they're made with a certain a certain part of it has a certain construction that's unbelievable. Just points yeah. it out, you know. There's a lot of stuff that you can do, and there's some stuff that you just can't do. It's something that's, uh, we just can't even explain how they did it. 
and and usually there's small small walls that aren't taller than you know ten feet that exist. Just they're just so locked into the earth. <laughs> I think Easter Island has has a few as well. That's where Squidward lives, right? Uh, under under it, yeah, yeah. You know, pineapple. <laughs> so he lives in the Wait, Easter no. Island Islanders. He lives in the in the head. Yeah, one of the sunken that, heads. I, I that can thing's be not cheap. Squidward has a hell of a mortgage, man. <laughs> I, I that head's like it. the size of a pineapple, though. Unless the pineapple's really big. It was oh, a it's like pineapple. a tourist one. That <laughs> yeah, was a huge pineapple. Yeah, the pineapple's <laughs> massive. Uh, so, yeah, the, the last dumb theory I had was if the flat, if some of the flat earthers, because none of them really agree on this, but if, if the section of the flat earthers that think the earth is covered by a dome, then going back to like the Victorian era, what were, what were those called again, Boober? The uh, Pepper's Ghost. Pepper's Ghost. Yeah. Then if there is an actual dome, like Simpson style over the earth, then projecting holograms would be super easy. Cause you have that dome there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a surface of some capacity, yeah. whether it's like physical or, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe more energetic. It yeah. could be a series of, of, uh, mirrors, microscopic or maybe not even microscopic mirrors it's just set in a certain pattern and and it could all reflect light all at once if you could if you could figure that logistic out but so if space is fake and all the stars and moon and sun are just projections that's how it worked they just spray that shit up on the dome with lasers the 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 hardest evidence we have that we've been to the moon is those reflectors they got those reflectors on the moon. If you point a laser at the reflector, the, the laser points back. Right, but you can put that up there with a drone easily. You could. But it would still prove that we've at least been there with a machine or otherwise. Yeah. Well, that's that's probably real. Unless but, they just unless unless they just projected a reflector onto the, onto the dome. Well, they just coated it in. You know, it, it could be that easy, people. It's really not that far-fetched. <laughs> oh, that's all I got. I don't know if you guys got anything else. Uh, no, I, I got a couple of uh, Crow 77 clips to maybe play us out if you're looking for something to use to wrap up. But uh, Sounds good to me, mate. Uh, no, I, I think we cast a pretty pretty wide net tonight. Definitely, it's 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 all fucking esoteric and illusions and mirrors and just. Um, it was fun. I'm glad we were able to finally revisit this and. Cap it yeah, off. I feel like, and I feel like we did. Uh, I feel like we, we turned the corner. We can, pat ourselves on the back for finally doing part three, and I really think we've exhausted all avenues of blue beam, and now we can move on to something else like red beam. <laughs> green beans green beans green beans we need to move on to green beans do a three part show just strictly on green beans get Abel Kirby in on that shit <laughs> yeah I need to talk to him again but yeah uh, yeah. What? Uh, hit me with what you got and we'll get the hay out of here man right on
So I'm filming one night looking for objects. I pan my camera down and the wave starts, this hologram wave. I don't notice it. And then it catches up to the camera and I do notice it. I glance at the moon, but when you're staring at things, you know, you don't know whether it's your eyes or what. And then I notice a second wave coming. And at this point, I'm thinking it's my camera. Um, I look up at the moon again and, you know, I just don't know what to think. I save the clip out. I don't delete it. I almost did. And I look at it for quite some time, weeks maybe. Looking at it over and over, and I'm realizing that, you know, this is not the way a digital camera malfunctions. This is an organic line, no pixelation, no shredding of the signal. And it finally dawns on me that the pan of the camera proves it. When I pan down, and I usually don't shoot this way, I usually stay centered, almost always stay centered, trying to increase my odds of catching something unusual. Um, but when I pan down, the wave starts, and I pan in front of the wave, which catches up to the camera, and that is the proof in the pudding. Um... You'll notice a couple things. The wave looks like it bulges in the center as if it's going down. If you stop the frame and measure it, you'll see that the sides are lower than the center. So there's kind of a bulge. And it's also tilted a little bit. And it mirrors the, the tilt of the poles of the moon. Um, I haven't measured it exactly, but visually you can tell. Um, I would urge people to go look at Jive Bop and Grid Keeper. Grid Keeper catches structures. And Jive Bop has done some incredible work with incredible setup. And he claims you can see through the floor of the mare or the mare, the seas on the moon. Um, and you can see structure and stuff under there. Damn. This universe is a wild and crazy place. Full of Agreed. wild and crazy And we shit. are three wild and crazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait, who's that guy again? I'm going to have to look Martin. at this. Yeah, <laughs> the guy, the video. Oh, not it's, the wild uh... and crazy guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I was in and out. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Is this thing on? <laughs> no, I just I'm I'm my, I'm hitting walls hard here. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, word up. Yeah, I think it's uh time to call it. It's, uh, I was eating jalapenos during the break. Yeah, two shows in one in one day, three shows in two days. Oh yeah, and uh, I'll be hitting you up uh, uh, as soon as we get out of here. Actually, I'll send it over your way for Monday's topic. Uh, right wait, on. Have we, actually, have we actually closed the show out? We probably should. This has been abs and a six pack with Booberry and Lavish of behind the schemes. Don't do it. It's okay. Look at that. <laughs> I was just trying to do a Darren O'Neill. <laughs> Rip it's, it. It's Rip squeams, it. Squeams. Squeams. Behind the schemes. <laughs> behind On Moan days. On Moan days. <laughs> and uh, Mondays at seven thirty uh, Central. Ten thirty. No, Wait. that's Hog Story. Yeah, 10.30 Eastern. 9.30. 9.30 Central. 9.30 Central. So you can tune into that on Monday. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. (laughs) Woo. And, uh, yeah, thanks again, guys. This was, I feel like we we have beaten this horse to death in a good way. And, uh, yeah, part three, Blue Beam, in the books. Thanks again. This has been Abs and a Six Pack. Abs in a six pack. A B S N A six the number P A C K dot com. You oh, kind of oh. become a little bit like the conspiracy yeah. guy. Well, well, but I'll, it seems like people just want to kind of attack you about it. You know. 
Like, they want they want to attack me for not trusting criminals. Can you believe that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't want to think with you sometimes. They yeah, want yeah. people. Uh, people attack me because I don't trust criminals. Yeah. That's why they attack me. I don't trust any information coming from a goddamn criminal. Yeah. And if you look at everybody, will agree that the government is corrupt. Yes. Everybody, a hundred percent of everybody, will agree. That the government is corrupt. Yes, and they they're they're involved in criminal activities, right? Yet, yet, like uh, you know, and the government's uh, definitely involved in like people have died because of the corruption in government, right? Everybody yeah. agrees. I mean, to there's that, so right? much proof, like yeah. uh, you know, Bay of Pigs, everything. Gulf of there's so so much yeah. proof. It's interesting you say that too, because I mean, at the beginning of the year. Uh, the White House was releasing that alien footage. Remember, we even played. Did that oh story? yeah, they're pushing that. it. They yeah, put it on it. CNN. They're so, pushing it. Yeah. They're pushing all that. They're pushing. So do you think that's the I start to, of it? I used to be a super fan of aliens in space. I would. I would. I still. I, I threw all the, the the DVDs away, but I had stacks and stacks. Me and Joe, we'd watch space documentaries all the fucking time, over and over and over. BBC space. They're like, yeah, over and over. All the space documentaries you could find. I would fucking videotape that shit. I was a space junkie. And every now and then, every now and then, I wonder. It is kind of weird that a hundred percent of these space documentaries documentaries are all cgi cartoons none of its footage from actual like satellites or or anything like that i thought that was kind of weird but i'm like oh they got it all figured out and then i continue to watch it and i continue to watch it people but, people are hypnotized that's what's going on people there there's mass hypnosis going on oh i'm mass, a victim of a lot i I, I can feel it i can feel myself starting to escape from it sometimes yeah, yeah. but do you why do why are we allowed to as as humans as thinkers in whatever world this is and whatever we're living in why does say it's controlled by something why does that thing allow us to start to question they're not allowing us to question. We're questioning. We're waking up on our own, and they're doing everything to stomp it out. Like flat Earth, you go flat Earth. You go to YouTube. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get nothing but debunker videos. Like, right. why are they making videos debunking flat Earth if it's so stupid? Right. Why are there people making videos and spending a lot of time, full time jobs, debunking what, what what we live on? Yeah. Why are they doing that? How does flat Earth have such legs? How, how does it have legs? It's so dumb. Right. How is it? How is it just? It just keeps growing and growing. People are waking the fuck up. And what are they scared of? That we're gonna break you through. Can't, the... you, you can't. You can't. You um, can't. The the Jesuit goal is a one world order, mm -hmm. one world goal. All the secret societies, skull and bones. There's a bunch of them. Freemasons. There's a bunch of yeah. secret societies that all work together. They want one world government, and the way. Uh, it's going to happen is from a fake alien invasion. Mm -hmm. They're already preparing for it. It's, they're doing it right now. It's Project Bluebeam. That's what they're doing. So I used to be really into aliens, big time. Then I realized, oh shit, they're tricking everybody. They're they're making it. So the alien community, they're going, look, there's all these government programs, Project Blue Book. They're all they're 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 They got all these documents where they're investigating UFOs. The government really knows that shit is all done on purpose so it looks like the government's hiding it mm. it looks like right. it is. so it makes you believe it but meanwhile they're not hiding it they created it they created they created roswell all that shit's fake that's all fake i used to believe that i used to believe all that shit crash ufos and all that shit that shit ain't real they want you to believe that the government is trying to hide it it's brilliant yes so now i look at that now i look at all the the, the 
UFO sightings. It's like that's government shit. Right. They're making. Yeah. A, they know making, that we're looking for it, so now yeah. they're putting it out there so that they can control so, it. So once the fake alien invasion happens, everybody buys it hook, line, and sinker. We go one world government, and you can't. They go, why? Why are they lying to us about space? You can't have a fake alien invasion without space. Yeah. But, it's, but I don't think we got to stay out of space, man. Um, it all depends on man. The, the space yeah we could go space. really yeah we can go real deep on space but do you think that there are aliens um man i think again this is a long story if you hashtag go hashtag project bluebeam mm-hmm. project bluebeam <laughs> is um you know if 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 you study history and politics especially in this country you know that the new world order is real. I mean, mm-hmm. George Senior talked about it all the time. You could, he's like, now it's time for a new Arne world, Anderson. a new world order. It's like a new world order. This, a new world order. That. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective: a new world order can emerge, a new era. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order. And it's all about fucking one government. So if we're going to go with one government, right. we, we got to give up our, uh, um, our Bill of Rights. Right. Every country. We got to give that shit. That's what they want. They want to kill the man. Cause those bill of the, the constitution's huge. Yeah. Oh, the constitution. That's it gives us power. Well, so they be- want. So, so if the goal is a one world government, mm-hmm. um, Ronald Reagan has said it at least eight times while George Singer, now he's vice president. Now we have Ronald Reagan as the president. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he keeps talking about how, uh, if, if, um, in front of the UN, in front of the UN, Ronald Reagan, you could even find there, Ronald Reagan aliens, United Nations speech. He talks and he says this over and over. He says, wouldn't, wouldn't all our, wouldn't all the differences in the world, um, uh, vanish if there was some sort of alien extraterrestrial mm-hmm. threat and we would all Band come together. together. Yes. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held. If suddenly there was a threat to this world from some other species from another planet uh, outside in the universe. We'd forget all the little local differences that we have between our countries, and we would find out once and for all that we really are all human beings here on this earth together. Well, I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us. Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. That's what they want. That would be the quickest right, way. Right, to bring that threat yeah. and make us think yeah, that. Yeah, and make us think that there's, oh shit, they're attacking but us. But wouldn't that be great, you think? Because then we'd all band together. If it were real. A constitution would go down the toilet. But, we would have no rights if we had a one-world government. We right. would be in a police state. 
That's what's going on. Total control. But then the bigger question is, then, then why does somebody want to do that? But how about this? If an alien showed up, could you beat an alien in 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 uh in in fighting? Could you if you got into a with an alien? Sub only, yes. Submission only. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be no. fucking awesome, no. dude. I could see you submit so an alien, it's, it's bro. A, it's a long story. It's a long story. And there's a guy I'm a, a, a whistleblower who used to be in U.S. Naval Intelligence. Mm -hmm. His name is William Cooper. He wrote a book called Behold the Pale Horse. Mm. It came out like in 1991. And this guy had access to all these documents because he his job was to prepare these meetings for high-level military officers. And he decided to whistleblow, and they mm -hmm. killed him. They killed him, but before they killed him, he had like this this low-level pirate radio thing where he's dropping all this info. I wanted to know just how true all of this was, and I began a program of research to find out if extraterrestrials were real. The first thing I did was collect every bit of documentation that I could find, both from the Freedom of Information Act, from the research of others, from books that had been printed on the subject of UFOs, and, of course, through my network of friends in the intelligence community, what I discovered was amazing. What I discovered, ladies and gentlemen, is that there has been a plan in existence since about 1917, and probably before that, to create an artificial extraterrestrial threat to this Earth in order to create a one-world totalitarian socialist government. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I used to be really, really into UFOs. I got a UFO. I got an alien Damn. tattooed on my arm. Come I was out. so I thought alien aliens used to be a conspiracy theory. Yeah. We thought, look, there's all this evidence that the government's trying to cover up aliens, right? right but we don't right? even have that anymore. No, like, no, I know, but it's different now because. And then I would listen. People say you got to listen to William Cooper, man. He wrote that book, Behold the Pale Horse. And I looked into him a little bit, and he was saying that that the UFOs aren't real. It's really just government craft, and the government's fucking with us. So I never really gave him a chance. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years later, I figured it out it. on my own. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me go back to Bill, William Cooper. And he's saying he used to be all full-blown into UFOs, too. Mm -hmm. He thought it was real because he saw all the documents. He goes, he, in the cover-ups and the projects and where, like, you know, government agencies investigating UFOs, he came to the conclusion that that was all, that was, that was the, the hoax was, let's, pretend like let's pretend that we're covering up ufos so that people will believe in it i see and then they started pushing that's, that's when all this long-term reverse psychology that you know when you study jesuits and you study the secret societies all their plans all their plans are long term they're right. all long-term plans right. and they go from well, generation any good to generation business owner any good business runner you think of you're thinking yeah. two or three things ahead you start to think okay yeah i can hire this person or let this person go today or do this or that but how I, i'm thinking two or three moves ahead now and as for the aliens it's similar to what i was saying about the getting a whistleblower to give you the information so that you'll believe the propaganda more they have a supposed flying saucer crash, and then they bring out the first newsreel that says that it was uh, people saw the the flying saucer crash and alien bodies recovered. Whoa! Then the next day they cover it up and they weather say balloon. it was a weather balloon. Sorry about that. We misreported. And so the uh, thesis, antithesis, and then synthesis result the Hegelian dialectic, right. they've given you both sides here. The synthesis result they want is that you actually believe that 
there were aliens, even though now you have no evidence of it whatsoever. And they've even come out and come against it, but first they came out for it. And then after that, then they bring out more whistleblowers, more hearsay, no physical evidence, but more people with supposed inside information to tell you that, yeah, it was true. Meanwhile, the official channels continue denying it. And that gives this mystery that Adam Weishaupt talked about. When you want to inculcate someone into a new worldview, you have to shroud it in mystery so that they always want a little bit more. And that's what they've done with aliens. They've turned it into this insatiable mystery and giving us little bite-sized pieces from their supposed insiders, all the while the official establishment denying denying it so that we think that it's this, this counterculture truth that's seeping through the, the cracks and we want to be part of knowing about it. And so that's what aliens have been for the, the past hundred years almost. And that what they want to do is to use that as their reason for the new world order, as they've been talking about, like in the Independence Day movie. And now, what is it, 20 years later now? they yeah, the new one. The new one, right? Because they want to make sure that this idea stays in your mind. The idea that if there's an off-world threat, what needs to happen is all the governments, all the militaries of the world need to come together in a new world order to face this threat. They want that idea fresh in your mind. I turned down, I've been approached uh, two different, oh, th now three, three different production companies want me to be a host for some conspiracy, conspiracy theory show. I'm like, fuck that. I don't yeah. want to be no conspiracy theory host. Cause you think something could be, do you, but do you think like, cause I'm, I'm thinking if I'm running around and that's part of, you know, the vibe that I'm carrying with me, yeah. then somebody who has a bigger, uh, ability to me and more control could, would shut me down like a road. Maybe that could happen. That could happen, but I'm already shutting myself down. Right. I, I'm not doing conspiracy theory shows. I'm only talking about conspiracy theories on podcasts where, where the host wants to talk about it. You know, I, um, well, it's I'm, fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's just, it really just comes down to I don't trust, trust criminals. I don't trust them. So when people are fucking making fun of me and calling me an idiot for not trusting, I don't trust any science that I can't verify for myself. Yeah. I find right now is a great time where a lot of people are asking themselves, you know, they're asking themselves, they don't trust, man, I grew up just trusting everything. And now I'm realizing, no, this is, I can't just trust everything because the, the, the people that are running things are people. And just like me, they are, they are compromisable. They could be. They, corruptible they're corruptible yes we're fucking broken people we're made we 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 no one has ever been fucking perfect and nine out of ten times when you get to levels of power your ego is so infected that there's nothing that you're all you're gonna do is fuck up you're gonna be so caught up in yourself i just think that it's definitely a time where yeah it's like we can't trust what's happening you know we can't um, we just gotta we just gotta get to the point where we can we can do our own research and we legitimately question everything right for real don't just say it actually question everything right. and be suspicious about what you're seeing yeah. on tv be suspicious don't don't say things that their defense attorney would say yeah. say things that the prosecuting attorney would say and the government is on trial the media is on trial